and gentlemen, and to all in the chamber and to anyone listening on the webcast, and welcome to this ex extraordinary meeting of the Planning Committee of Uslesworth District Council. This meeting has been held over two days, and this is purely in order that we do not have to rush proceedings or have anyone working unhealthily long hours. So when we finish today, the meeting therefore will be adjourned until next Friday, so it will not be closed. Going on to today's housekeeping. This meeting has been filmed by the media, and so should anyone not wish to be filmed, can they make that known, please? There will not be a fire drill today. Therefore, if you hear the bell, please leave by the doors, go down the stairs, and meet on the grass outside. The toilets can be found on your right as you leave the chamber. And there are no catering facilities on, this, on the facilities. We will be break. <coughs> excuse me. We will be breaking for um, 15 minutes at about 11:30. For an hour and 15 for lunch at approximately 1 p.m. We will restart at 2 p.m. and should be in a position to adjourn until 11 a.m. next Friday. It was resolved on the 14th of November 2018 to approve the planning application for development at Stansted Airport subject to conditions and to entering into a legally compliant S106 agreement. The advice from officers as set out in the report is that the 2018 resolution remains a material consideration to which a great deal of weight should be attached. The report, the report is accompanied by an amended Section 106 agreement signed by parties other than the Council. This includes some additional obligations compared to the versions of the agreement previously tabled. The text is included in the documents pack at page 17 onwards. The Council's officers and external legal advisers all consider that it complies with the relevant regulation. This is a mandatory requirement. It contains no less and no more than is necessary. Today the committee will be hearing from parish and town councils and from members of the public speaking as individuals or on behalf of companies. SSE are not among them and neither is the applicant. Speakers will be heard in the following order. Parish and town councils, objectors and then supporters. The speakers have been advised to focus on the issues referred to, to the, sorry, on the issues referred to the committee by the full council. What is said today is not being formally minuted, but it has been recorded and written statements will be collected and will be in a supplemental document pack next week. One other thing, can I ask you all to either turn your phones off, please, or put them onto silent. Um, what I will also ask is that the next person, when, while the first um, speaker is waiting, the next speaker is waiting to join us, join us right away. Thank you. Our first speaker is... Oh, sorry. Sorry, you're quite right. I, thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. We've got... Um, thank you. 
Our screens just went dead in front of us there, so we're a bit concerned. Um, thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. So, do we have any apologies for our absence? None. Do we have any declarations of interest? Councillor Fairhurst, I'll start with. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I was advised to make a declaration that although I sat in the previous iteration of this application in November 2018, I start this hearing today with an open mind, open to all outcomes of these deliberations. I am therefore not predetermined. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councillor Reeve. Yeah. Thank you, Chair. Um, my name is Neil Reeve. I'm a ward member for Broad Oak and the Hallingbrews. I live in the parish of High Easter, and I enter this meeting with an open mind. Thank you very much. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. I uh, reiterate Councillor Fairhurst's statement. Uh, although I too sat through the previous meeting, uh, my mind will not be made up until five seconds before the vote. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. I echo both of those comments. I sat on the last application, and I will be having an open mind as well. Thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Councillor Sutton. I'm an SSC member, and I come to this meeting with an open mind and do not predetermine. Thank you very much, Councillor Sutton. Councillor Bagnall. I'm also a ward member for Takeley. Uh, I'm a parish councillor, Takeley Parish Council Vice Chair, and also a ward member for Takeley, Little Canfield, and the areas. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Councillor Lerman. Thank you, Chair. I'm a ward member for Hatfield Heath and a member of the Parish Council. I uh, attended the, the hearing in November 2018. I entered this meeting with a totally open mind. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, the first going on to the first speaker is Mr. Peachy. Thank you, Mr. Peachy. Thank you, Madam Chairman, and good morning, everybody. I'm uh, Martin Peachy. I'm speaking as a local resident of over 45 years, and I'm addressing new and material considerations and changes in circumstances with regard to aircraft noise. I might add that I'm also a member of the government's ANEG committee. That's the Department for Transport's formal communication channel with airspace and airport noise stakeholders. So firstly... The World Health Organization's new long-awaited noise guideline were published just, just before the November 2018 Determination Committee meeting, and, but for some reason it didn't really uh, come up in the considerations, yet <clears throat> they have set down far more stringent new thresholds for the avoidance of adverse health impacts of aircraft noise. The previous 55 decibel level is now reduced to 45. That's 10 decibels, which is massive. It's effectively a halving of the noise impacts. And indeed, compared with road and rail reductions, it's much bigger. And this is, in fact, reflecting the strength of the evidence of the adverse health impacts of aircraft noise. Currently at Stansted Airport it already exceeds this new WHO guideline. Secondly, in 2019, Stansted Airport published its airport uh, action plan, noise action plan, which is required every five years by the EU noise uh, directive. The principal objective is to prevent, reduce uh, air, uh, air, uh, annoyance to noise exposure. The noise action plan in 2019 that was published compared with the previous one, five years previous, showed that 
an increase of 18% of population were now affected. So that's increased. Any further expansion of standards at this time, in my view, would not only be harmful to the health of local residents, according to the latest assessments by the World Health, but also contrary to the principal objective of reducing aircraft noise impacts of the uh, European Noise Directive. Thirdly, the threshold for the onset of significant community annoyance from aircraft noise has been reduced from 57 to 54 decibels. This new lower threshold has now been adopted by DFT and DEFRA. The current noise condition in Stansted, as you know, is based on limiting the uh, uh, significant noise to 33.9 square kilometres, which is what was set back then with the 57 dB. Now needs to be based on the 54 contour. And when you look at that, it says that the noise blight over the, uh, that uh, contour is 45 square kilometres now for the 2016 baseline in the application and would increase to 53 square kilometres for the 43 million proposed increase of passengers. That's 56% above the current planning condition limit. I would also urge you to be very wary of MAG's modelling of the aircraft noise impacts. They assume that the vast majority of present aircraft types at Stansted will be replaced by far less noisy aircraft, which we welcome, clearly, within the next eight years. However, this, I think, was highly implausible even before the current problems with the Boeing 737 MAX were known, which is now um, uh, grounded and they've stopped deliveries and stopped production. So it's now, in my view, not only implausible, it's totally impossible to realise the benefits of that. Finally, MAG's analysis says that approving the application would result in an extra 25,000 flights a year. According to SSC's analysis, they make it 47,000 flights a year, but even if the lower figure were accepted it would increase noise to an unacceptable degree. So I urge you, please, to take account of these changed circumstances and reject the application. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Peachy. Thank you. Um, I'm just, can, I make, can I ask... Sorry, I meant to actually say as well. Can every speaker please make sure that a copy of their comments is given to the, not, not right away, just but, but um, at the break, to um, Mr. Ferguson, sorry, at the end, my brain, my brain went there with the name. Um, the next speaker is, um, do we have a Mr. John Farrell? Thank you, Mr. Farrell. Good morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you for providing this opportunity to speak this morning. Um, my name is John Farrow. I'm a local resident, and I've also worked at the airport for 26 years. My view is it's vitally important for our community that our council approves the airport's application to grow to ensure we maintain the great standard of living Uttersford enjoys as a place to live and work both now and into the future. I think it's fact that Stansted Airport is a huge contributor to our community, um, just recently, the airport outlined plans to invest further £35 million to ensure Uttersford remains one of the best places in the UK to live, work and do business. This investment would see funding for local transport schemes, new bus routes, improving our roads, upgrading Junction 8 of the M11, as well as many more schemes that would invest into our community. 
The airport also delivers substantial benefits not only to Uttlesford but to the wider Essex and east of England economies. The airport currently employs 12,000 people. I'm one of them, employed in over 200 businesses at the airport. This includes over 2,000 Uttlesford residents. As we know, Uttlesford's population is ever-growing. Where are all the new neighbours going to work if the airport isn't allowed to grow? I think it would be sad if future generations do not have the opportunities that I had to pursue a career and enjoy the associated benefits if the airport wasn't allowed to grow. Further growth will generate many more jobs at the airport and millions of pounds of additional economic and social benefit to our community. Constraining growth would also have an adverse knock-on effect to the wider business community in Uttlesford, with many businesses reliant on the airport to do business. Airport, therefore, the impact of constraining growth is far more wide-reaching than just on the airport itself. It is clear to me that constraining future growth would damage business and, in turn, damage our community. I question why we would seek to compromise this continu continued investment in our community. Would we really want to damage the future prosperity of this community when it is clear to see how other, less fortunate councils struggle to maintain critical social and community services and assets? As well as working at the airport, I'm fortunate to live in Uttlesford. The airport provided me the opportunity to live and bring up a family in the lovely town of Dunmo. As a proud resident and one that was supportive of the changes and improvements proposed by this council in their manifesto during the 2019 local elections, I'm disappointed that our council leaders have since chosen to engage on what I can only imagine to be a hugely expensive further challenge to the airport's planning application when it was clear from the previous exercise that the application was appropriate. This is not just my view, validated, it was one validated by experts. I do not recall a challenge to the airport's application being part of this manifesto and would question if this is what the majority of our community really wants our money to be spent on. It is my view and a personal preference that whatever costs we as taxpayers are currently incurring on this challenge is immediately stopped and the money diverted to more worthy causes in improving our community. Investing our money in more social care and support services should be the priority. Looking after our elderly, caring and providing better service for our disabled neighbours and those less fortunate than ourselves. Funding activities for our youth population to get them off the streets and out of trouble. Fixing the ever-growing number of potholes in our roads and generally improving our infrastructure. And investing more police officers to keep us safe is surely money better spent than engaging repeated challenges to the proposed growth of our largest investor to our community. From both a commercial and a personal perspective, I would ask the panel to support this application. And once again, thanks for the opportunity to speak today. Thank you very much, Mr Farrell. Our next speaker is um, Parish Councillor Andy Bennett. Thank you very much, Councillor. Good morning. Um, I'm Andy Bennett, Chair of Felsted Parish Council Planning Committee. We are objecting to this application. Today you are invited to consider if there have been any new material considerations or changes in circumstances. I propose that there most certainly have been and will cover four of the most important ones. Firstly, under the number of flights. The application stated that there will be no increase in flights as allowed by the current planning approval for 274,000 flights a year. Whilst technically true, it's morally corrupt. Stansted Airport itself projects that fewer than 227,000 flights will be needed for the current limit of 35 million passengers and cargo. 
If you approve this new single passenger and cargo total of 274,000 flights, you will release a true increase of 47,000 flights a year. Correspondence suggests that even Councillor Alan Mills, the previous chair of the Planning Committee, who provided two of the votes to approve the original application, perhaps did not see that approval would lead to a real increase in flights. When combined with MAG trimming off a year from the forecast numbers to keep the application away from central government, this sleight of hand is a scandal and should cause you to consider it a material consideration. Secondly, under aircraft noise. The application relied on a forecast reduction in noise contours and the promise of 50% quieter aircraft. The Cole Jarman noise report first assumed 80% of planes would be new quieter aircraft. Later, they reduced this to 50% as a claimed typo. With Boeing's order book suggesting a sub-30% level, even this 50% was clearly beyond possibility. More importantly, they also assumed the use of quieter B737 MAX aircraft, the entire fleet of which is now grounded indefinitely. Whilst the airport takes the only defensive position it can, claiming that this has all been scheduled into the noise forecasts, their noise reduction forecasts are now implausible and a material change in circumstances. Thirdly, regarding environmental considerations. In August 2019, UDC declared a climate and ecological emergency and committed to make the authority carbon neutral by 2030. MAG's own figures project that, with this application, CO2 emissions, excluding road traffic impacts, would increase from 1.56 million tonnes in the base year by an additional million tonnes a year by 2028. You cannot simply pick and choose which bits of carbon dioxide you're going to count. Buying a few electric vehicles for the council whilst approving the release of a million tonnes a year of CO2 into the air around Stansted is missing the point entirely. In making his casting vote to pass the original application, the Chair of Planning summed up that he was doing so in support of the next generation. If the Extinction Rebellion movement and the One Girl Crusade, which is Greta Thunberg, are telling us anything, it's that the youth of today don't want cheap flights to Spain. They want breathable air and a world with a future in which to raise their children. In approving this application, in the name of the youth of today, I have a feeling Greta Thunberg may well respond with, how dare you? This must be considered a change in circumstances. Fourthly, you want to build 3,000 new houses as part of the Western Braintree development. At the inspector's review of UDC's plan, Alistair Andrew, you can ask him, he's sitting over there, MAG's head of planning, in responding to a point I made regarding emerging government guidance concerning planes not overflying densely populated areas under 7,000 feet, stated that he agreed with me that the area designated for west of Braintree was impacted by runway 04 flights and that, in his opinion, all houses in west of Braintree should be marketed as being under a flight path. Adding in the new WHO guidance, calling for a dramatic reduction in acceptable noise level for communities, and you can't have it both ways. Even if it survives the local plan process, you can't build houses in the west of Braintree area under a flight path and still approve this application, releasing 47,000 flights. This emerging government and WHO guidance must be considered a new material consideration. In summary, 
I've demonstrated that there are at least four new material considerations and changes in circumstances. No one denies that Stansted is an important local resource, but MAG needs to respect and respond to the concerns from the communities their business impacts, and currently they don't. Against falling passenger numbers, this application is being rushed through in advance of the introduction of new noise regulations which would govern it, just like the 2016 flight path changes, forced through 12 months before tighter regulations on changes to flight paths were introduced. This is wrong. I urge you to do what the failed and rejected previous Conservative administration did not. Listen to your community, do what's right, and reject this application. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Bennett. Councillor Isham. Councillor Isham. Good morning, I'm Vera Isham. I represent Broxted Parish Council. I'm the chair of that. I'm also UDC Councillor R4U for the Takeley Ward. I've lived in Broxted for 26 years, from before Ryanair existed and Stansted found a use for itself. We know what it's like to live with the airport. Additionally, the near constant fear of losing our neighbourhood under expansion plans has been a terrible thing. The now almost forgotten four-runway proposal was a nightmare for us all. It was claimed at the time that the four runways were essential. No was not an option, they said. Thanks largely to SSE, that blight on our area has been seen off, I hope forever. Thank you, SSE and others. Thank you. Now here we are again, facing more adverse impacts from Stansted plans to expand. More unrealistic promises, more unrealistic projections. The currently permitted passenger numbers are, thankfully, nowhere near being met. Passenger numbers are falling. So why are they wanting more? I think we've had enough. No more, thanks. Stansted Airport is a difficult neighbour. We have to live with the side effects of their business. The noise, the stink of aviation fuel, litter in our lanes and villages thrown by people trying to dodge the excessive drop-off charges. Those high charges do not filter to us. Fly parking due to the high airport charges for that. Heavy traffic unsuited to our rural lanes and village streets. The night flight disturbance is particularly massive. We're rural. When there's no plane, it's almost silent. The noise of planes shatters the natural quiet. Of course we notice them. We're disturbed by them nightly. A key part of this planning process hinges on material considerations from 2018 to now. As we've heard, and you'll hear throughout the day, I'm sure the same points, SSE and others will describe in detail many of these issues. But just think how the world has altered since then. Climate change simply did not feature so highly then in global conscience. We act on the views of around 97% of climate scientists. Climate change is the key issue of our time. We should be working to secure the future of the next generations. That's only right and fair. I say the whole application does not stack up. It states Ryanair will be using the 737 MAX planes during the time period covered in this application. That cannot happen as predicted due to the growing troubles with that aircraft. With such a major and pivotal aspect of the figures used in this application now being wrong, that has to be seen as a significant material consideration. The data should be updated on the correct factual basis. 
Ryanair is listed in the top six polluters in Europe. The other five are coal-powered station, uh, power stations. Expanding would be unsustainable. Reducing flights should be our task. I can't support standard expansion. It cannot be justified. There are too many yet-to-be-resolved issues to support approval of this application. Confirming ap approval would be ignoring local majority opinion, the available e evidence, and further damage the environment. I beg the Planning Committee to refuse this application outright. Refuse. Let's do it this right for our residents. Please get it right this time in anticipation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Isham. Um, Councillor Patricia Barber. Thank you very much, Councillor Barber. My name is Patricia Barber. I'm speaking as a member of Takeley Parish Council. As a parish close to Stansted Airport, indeed part of it's in our parish, there are matters under consideration by the UDC Planning Committee regarding the 2018 planning application for MAG, which are of particular importance and relevance to my parish and about which there have been material changes in circumstances since the UDC meeting of November 2018. These are as follows. Noise. The World Health Organization report guidelines on environmental noise, which was published in October 2018, found that aircraft noise has an adverse impact at a much lower level than was previously thought. There is no evidence that the officers took this into consideration. It is not mentioned in their report to the Planning Committee in November 2018. A paper published in the British Medical Journal in June, entitled The Harms to Health Caused by Aviation Noise Require Urgent Action, uh, by Professor Banavala, Professor Thomas Munzel and Martin, Mr Martin Peachy adds further weight to the evidence of the damaging effect aircraft noise has on health. Therefore, any increase in capacity which increases the noise from Stansted Airport will adversely affect my village. Air quality. The air quality around the airport is obviously of great importance to Takeley. New research published in the British Medical Journal in November 2019 confirms that emissions of fine carbon particulates, PM2.5, have a more adverse effect on health than has previously been known. PM2.5 is produced from fuel combustion and transport sources particularly relating to airport operation. This is very worrying for Takeley as these particles would be carried on the prevailing wind, the short distance between the airport and the village, from taxiing aircraft and from aircraft landing or taking off. PM2.5 is known to affect respiratory and cardiovascular function, and there is evidence now that it is, has other health impacts, for example, on areas such as septicemia and skin infections. The Boeing 737 MAX is currently grounded following the tragic loss of two of these planes. Production and deliveries have been halted to all customers, and there is no sign that this will be operation again in the foreseeable future. This will affect both noise and air quality at Stansted Airport, as it was projected in the statistics given by MAG for the 2018 planning application, that by 2028, the largest number of aircraft used by Ryanair, by far the biggest operator at Stansted, would be the 737 MAX. This aircraft is said to be much cleaner and quieter than the aircraft currently being used by Ryanair, and was used by MAG when giving noise and pollution measurements for 2028. The figures given by MAG for noise and air quality will therefore need to be updated. 
Climate change has become very important in 2019. Um, it has become probably the matter of most importance to the world. Data released by the United Nations on Wednesday of this week shows that the last decade was the hottest on record. The Committee on Climate Change said in September 2019 that aviation is likely to be the largest emitting sector by 2050, even with strong progress on technology and limiting demand. To try to meet its contribution to net zero by 2050, the level of operation should be no more than 25% above current levels, which for stances at 28 million passengers per annum now would be 35 million passengers per annum. This happens to be its current cap. Therefore, this should be the limit of Stansted Airport expansion. Adequacy of the Section 106 Agreement. The Adequacy of the Section 106 Agreement document, paragraph 25, relating to transport measures, says, the applicant also prepared, is also prepared to agree to a clarification that, where eligible for funding support, highway improvements within a five-mile radius of the airport means five, within five, from the UDC Sorry, within five mile radius of the airport means um, within five miles of the boundary, boundary of the airport. It is interesting to see in the minutes from the UDC planning workshop in October 2019 that MAG's initial assessment was that there would be no, signif no significant impact on the local road network. We beg to differ. Apart from the A120 and M11, the roads within five mile radius of the airport are B roads or unclassified country lanes. As such, we cannot see what is meant by improvements or how any improvements can be made to these roads, which are often narrow and winding. Takely already experiences large volumes of traffic at peak times. These roads and lanes are used to access the airport by workers and passengers. An increase in passengers will inevitably increase the traffic on these roads. In view of the above, Takely Parish Council asks the Planning Committee not to give authorisation to the Manchester Airport Group's planning application. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Barber. Um, our next speaker is Jonathan Fox. And um, before, I, before I ask you to speak, Councillor Fox, can I just remind everybody that mobile phones really shouldn't be being used. Um, so, um, thank you. Um, thank you, Mr Fox. Madam Chair, when I spoke at the EGM last year in response to Mag's Lesson's satisfactory Section 106 offer, I concluded my contribution by expressing the hope that we would see the start of a new relationship between UDC and the community. I deliberately didn't address the environmental imperative that for the purposes of this public hearing can no longer be conveniently set aside and ignored. The unanswered question remains as to whether there have been a material change of circumstances since the conditional approval of the application in November 2018. Are there issues that may have tipped the balance of favour against this controversial application? The answer hiding in plain sight is surely yes. From the government downward, it is now universally accepted that we are living in a climate emergency. The Climate Change Committee published a landmark report on the 2nd of May last year recommending that the UK should amend its legislation to commit to net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. Net zero. 
This will require a major review of current government policy on aviation carbon emissions and a coordinated approach to manage these nationally, rather than allowing decisions about airport expansion to be taken by local authorities. Notwithstanding these developments, MAG projects Stansted Airport emissions of 2.5 million tonnes of CO2 in 2028, compared to the Department for Transport's own assumption of 1.37 million tonnes of CO2 for the same year. Thus, if the application is approved, Stansted Airport carbon emissions in 2028 will be 82% higher than assumed by the DFT. The 43 MPPA planning application, Environmental Statement, Volume 4.2, page 27, states that the development case is unlikely to materially impact the UK's ability to meet its 2050 national aviation target of 37.5 million tonnes of CO2. An extraordinary statement, especially in the light that the CCC has already stated that another runway at Heathrow will breach this threshold by 15%. It is therefore hard, if not impossible, to see how the environmental impact of this application can be reconciled with the CCC's May 2019 report and Usselford's own commitment to becoming carbon neutral by 2030. Stansa's proposals would only increase aviation's carbon footprint further still and would do nothing to square the circle between aviation expansion and its increasing impact on the environment. At the beginning of June 28th meeting, I recall the chairman making a direct statement to members of the planning committee about the fact that all actions have consequences, whatever the, the outcome of future deliberations. Stansted Airport, like the wider aviation industry, clearly thinks it can operate in a parallel universe where it isn't accountable for its actions and the subsequent environmental consequences that follow. I urge you to do the right thing. Make a statement in which the well-being of the residents of Uttlesford and the protection of the environment is given priority over the commercial interest of Stansted Airport. Scientists have just declared the last decade the hottest in 150 years. We are told that humanity has only 10 years to make a difference. You can make one straight away. I urge you all to refuse this application. Thank you. Thank you very, thank you very much, Mr Fox. Um, next speaker is Councillor Louise Pepper. Thank you very much, Councillor. Madam Chairman, fellow members, colleagues and friends. I'm speaking on behalf of SSE and all the other campaigning groups all over the world. We have a global crisis. Severe impacts from climate change are being experienced now. The last decade was the hottest ever recorded. 2019 was the second hottest since records began. Last year saw two major heat waves hit Europe in June and July, with a new national record of 46 Celsius set in France. New records were also set in Germany, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, and in the UK at 38.7 Celsius.
Extreme heat is hitting even faster and harder than scientists anticipated. The underlining driver is indisputable. The concentration of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere is increasing more and more as fossil fuels are burned. There is more CO2 in the atmosphere today than in any point since the evolution of humans. By allowing temperatures to rise more than 1.5 degrees, it will have a hugely damaging effect for human, plant and animal life across the planet. Australia has experienced one of the worst droughts in decades. Their spring was the driest on record. A heat wave in December broke the record for the highest, highest nationwide average temperature, a sweltering 40 degrees. I have watched for the past three months watching my Antipodean cousin country burn. Exhausted firefighters have had to fight ferocious fires that have burned, burned around 18 million hectares. Thousands of people have had to be evacuated. They're choking from the atmosphere, toxic atmosphere. Up to half a billion animals and plants have been lost. That figure excludes insects and frogs, so the real sum is almost certain to be much higher. I am not ashamed to admit that I have shed tears over this. Young people across the world are angry. Their message is clear. We're playing with their future. This needs urgently to be urgently addressed. We, the decision makers, must act now. UDC have committed to achieving net zero status by 2030. The UK have committed to achieving net zero by 2050. A landmark UN report last year concluded that CO2 emissions must drop for by 45% by 2030 and reach net zero by 2050. Britain is not on track to meet its current commitments. Each year that passes makes it more difficult to achieve the necessary targets. Under no circumstances should we be increasing economic growth and greenhouse gases at the expense of the environment we face unprecedented challenges from climate chaos, pollution and biodiversity. Airport expansion will unquestionably add even more greenhouse gases into our atmosphere. Multiple UK airports, including Stansted, Heathrow, Gatwick and Luton, four out of the five largest airports by passenger traffic, all currently have planned expansions. The plans would announce the country's airport capacity by an estimated 200 million passengers yearly, representing an astounding increase of 70%. The more planes and carbon we put in the air, the higher chance we have in the future of habitable places we frequently visit becoming uninhabitable. Subsidising fossil fuels makes no sense. However, I'm, we're very fortunate that we have our local MP, Kimmy Badenoch, full support. This is a letter I received from her, and I would like to read out her comment. I do, not, I do think it's important that these decisions are taken at a local level by representatives in local government. They are the best people to assess these kinds of applications, as they are immersed in the area and they will have a fuller understanding of concerns of local residents. National government, on the other hand, is removed from the situation and I don't believe can fully appreciate the local effects. We decide, not central government. The evidence on new material changes is unequivocal. unequivocal. A rise of anything above 1.5 Celsius would mean that coastal flooding, heat waves and damage to coral reefs would become more severe. 
the last figures show that the world has already warmed by just over one Celsius. Time is running out. Wealth or health, profit or planet. We must safeguard our planet now and for future generations before it's too late. Thank you. <coughs> Sorry. Thank you very much, Councillor Pepper. Our next speaker is Mr Woodcock. Good morning, Mr. Woodcock. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Madam Chairman. Um, District Councillors, I'm Ray Woodcock, a resident of Stansin Mount Fidget. I'm involved in many local issues, one being I'm a co-opted member of Stansin Mount Fidget Parish Council Airport Group. We oppose expansion. Since August 2019, I've spoken to over 1,500 people on their doorsteps about this expansion plan. By far the majority oppose expansion. This includes people who work at the airport and also airport pilots. The local election of May 2019 resulted in many district councillors losing their seats because they did not represent their constituents during the November 2018 planning committee meeting. I sat close to one planning committee member during the application meetings. That councillor voted to approve the application, then turned to the adjacent colleague, who also voted for it, then said to him, now my constituents are going to give me a very difficult time. They both lost their seats in the May election. This planning application asked for an additional 8 million passengers a year to 43 million compared to the current planning limit of 35 million. It would also allow 47,000 more flights a year. This is clearly expansion. These additional flights, together with more surface transport arriving and leaving um, the airport, will increase air pollution in its vicinity and surrounding highways. There are many professional reports which confirm that people's health suffers from polluted air and showing that premature deaths are caused by it, especially PM2.5, ultra-fine carbon particles, which are very harmful to health, and there are no safe limits. I'm sure others will tell us more. You need to know how many pollution monitoring sensors are positioned around the airport and the nearby highways, ask, please ask MAG. I see that no monitoring of air pollution is required by the proposed planning conditions and no monitoring of PM2.5 is even required in the proposed Section 106 agreement. The only monitoring of air pollution required in the Section 106 is in Hatfield Forest and East End Wood and PM2.5 is not included in that. This is completely unacceptable. People must be protected, please, as well as trees. Uttersford District Council promotes health and well-being. Is that compatible with the damage that air pollution does to our health? Approval of this application will also exacerbate the difficulties our already overstretched NHS health um, NHS has. I go to the majority of 
NHS West Essex board meetings, and it has repeated the pressures on that organisation. This cannot be your intention, but it will be the result if airport expansion is approved. You should not feel that you are being pressurised to approve this planning application. Do what the majority of your constituents ask and reject it. The mandate the electorate gave you is to oppose expansion. Um, on Friday, the 24th of January, you could make history. Do not approve this unnecessary expansion plan. The decision will prevent millions um, of tons of carbon being dumped into our atmosphere. Defy all who are encouraging you to approve this application. Reject it. It will save lots in the future and show others to follow your lead. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Woodcock. Our next speaker is Michael Young. Mr Young. Good morning, Mr Young. When the original planning application was discussed in November 2018, one councillor stated that he would be voting for, for approval on economic grounds. In particular, he referred to the need for jobs for young people, stating, and I quote, that we have an obligation to the next generation. After the meeting, I asked him if he was worried about climate change. He said he wasn't, as he would be dead before that was a problem. Leaving aside the hopeless contradiction in those statements, I accept the importance of the economy. But we need to remember that the economy is a wholly owned subsidiary of its parent, the environment. If we destroy the environment, we won't need to worry about the economy. Local government has a well-deserved well and commendable reputation for devising and following rules and procedures. But it is not renowned for recognising its limitations and for seeing the bigger picture. I would argue that the Council has an overriding obligation to look at the bigger picture. This application would result in a significant increase in flights, a fact not appreciated by some members of the previous planning committee. In turn, that would result in airport CO2 emissions reaching 2.5 million tonnes per annum, an increase of 60% over base year levels. Although not always apparent from the officer's report, there have been some very important developments over the last 14 months. In June last year, the government amended the Climate Change Act to require greenhouse gas emissions to be reduced by 100% rather than 80% in 2050. In September, the Committee on Climate Change recommended that the growth in UK aviation should be limited to, and I quote, at most 25% above current levels. That would, of course, not allow Stansted to expand beyond the current limit of 35 million passengers. MAG projects that if the application is approved, then its CO2 emissions will reach 2.5 million tonnes per annum. That's an increase of almost 1 million tonnes over current levels. Should that be a reason for refusal? Well, the airport's national policy statement states that an increase in carbon emissions alone is not a reason for refusal unless that increase would have a material impact on the ability of the government to meet its carbon reduction targets. 
At present, government forecasts indicate that it will not meet its aviation targets for 2050. When you are already over the limit, then there is absolutely no scope for further increases. And what has only recently been revealed is that the government is assuming that emissions at Stansted will only reach about 1.5 million tonnes in 2050. That's the figure it needs to come anywhere near meeting its climate change reduction targets. But it's way below the airport's proposal to increase emissions to 2.5 million tonnes. This differential of over 50% must be a material consideration. The proposed increase in traffic would severely impact on the government's ability to meet its reduction targets. It is therefore a valid reason for refusal. We, need, we do need to consider future generations. This application is unsustainable. I've heard various definitions of sustainability, but the one I prefer is simple and straightforward. Don't cheat on our children. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Young. Our next speaker is Councillor Terry Moore. Good morning, Councillor. Good morning, Chair, Councillors, Officers. Good morning. I, Terry Moore, I proudly speak on behalf of Great Dunmo Town Council. And the Council, as you can imagine, continues to strongly object to this proposal and asks you to listen to your community. My notes here included comments on carbon change, climate change. I won't repeat them. We've heard them. But you are being asked to consider new <coughs> and uh, material considerations in the change since November 18 and the adequacy of the Section 106. So my focus this morning is on a closer analysis of aircraft noise and traffic congestion from, and this is very important, from today's position. Not the current 35 million limit, but from today's position, which is already worrying us, as we've heard. Now, the new taxiways and infrastructure, etc., will enable this, but is it estimated that this could bring about an extra 130 flights a day? Now, this must be evaluated in noise terms, in line with the knowledge that the promised 737 maxes are just not rolling off the production lines. Where will the airport operators and airline operators get their new planes, quieter planes. Not going to happen. Again, from today's position, this could bring an extra 51,000 passengers per day. For the sports fans amongst you, think the Arsenal, think Stamford Bridge, think St James's Park. 51,000 people a day. It's expected that half of these would arrive by road. For those of you like me who live and drive around that part of the world, Ouch, would be my only comment. A very, very comprehensive Section 106 package would be needed to accommodate this growth. Now, Dunmo, as we know, is a growing town, and the district itself is relying upon us to accommodate high levels of housing increases. Um, <clears throat> now, the proposed... Uh, Noise envelope and noise foot patterns, naturally enough, are a consideration for these future uh, planning applications. But by way of an example, a planning appeal judgment in June 2019 shows that it isn't always possible to build new houses close to an airport at current noise levels, let alone with the proposed expansion. 
I refer to an appeal dismissed for a housing development in Burton End. The inspector concluded that, and I quote, the proposal would not provide acceptable living conditions for future occupants with regard to noise and disturbance from aircraft. That's today, people, today. Also, your own environmental health officer's report dated the 17th of December, therefore after the committee that we've been discussing, for a small housing development at Dunmo Farm, the Broadway, Great Dunmo, recommended that noise mitigation conditions could be imposed for the dominant noise source, Stansted Airport. It states that, again I quote, windows would need to be kept closed at night to protect from aircraft noise. And it further went on to suggest a mechanical ventilation system. However, we would not expect windows to be fixed shut in this situation. To close, we will consider congestion and 106 mitigation. A cumulative local road plan would be fundamental. An example of where this has already been overlooked is on the A120 B1256 junction, uh, Great Dunmo West. In November 2019, Highways England specified costly works would be needed to, to be carried out there to enable a local plan allocation of 440 homes. The reason given was, quotes, the agreed transport assessment shows this junction to be over capacity within the proposed development. And there is a real danger that this queue could form back onto the main line of the A120. We believe at Great Dunmo that the pot is already full. And we urge you, we urge you, the same as all the speakers will today and the one, one next week, to reject this application. Chair, councillors, thank you. Thank you very much, councillor. Our next speaker is Irene Jones. Good morning, Ms. Jones. Good morning, everyone. Today you will hear many well-researched and sincere presentations from other members of the public. But I want to go straight to the point. Australia is burning. Sea levels are rising. I recommend you search for Thwaites Glacier on the internet. The imminent collapse of this glacier in Antarctica will cause a rapid and catastrophic increase in sea level rise. Closer to home, our health is at risk. This is all due to toxic emissions caused by everyday activities. We can work towards reversing these emissions. It will be difficult. Where possible, we can use public transport or choose less polluting personal vehicles. We can buy locally produced food or grow our own rather than having it shipped from across the world. I have flown three times in my life. The last journey was over 30 years ago. I find it quite disturbing to know that so many people fly multiple times in the year. 
As the aviation industry is one of the worst polluters, why is Stansted Airport asking for more flights? It has permission to take its passenger throughput to 35 million passengers per annum. But the poison is up there now. Okay, we'll plant trees, lots of trees. But it will take at least 30 years, maybe 40 or 50 years, for those trees to begin to absorb the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And no one talks about the trees that are dying from toxic emissions from aircraft. In my village, there are trees that have died, are dying, which are under the flight path. I live under the flight path. I wrote this piece earlier on in the week. In the days that have followed, we have had more horrendous images of Australia burning. We have been told that sea level temperatures are rising faster than we thought. And yesterday, Sir David Attenborough said that we have reached crisis point. So, councillors, with respect, and I do respect you for taking the role that you have, but with respect, to allow this planning application to go through is utterly irresponsible. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, our next speaker is Councillor Christina Kant. <coughs> Councillor Kant, yeah. Thank you. Good morning, Councillor Kant. Thank you for allowing me to speak on behalf of Stebbing Parish Council. Uh, I'd like to propose four reasons why we think this application should be refused. The first one is the confusion read the numbers of air traffic movements. The current number of flights relating to the 28 million passengers in 2019 equated to 199,000 air traffic movements. At 35 million passengers, this rises to 227,000 air traffic movements. This means we will still have an additional 28,000 more flights over Uttlesford, even if you refuse this application. If you approve the application to 43 million uh, passengers per annum, the number of flights rises by another 47,000 flights over Uttlesford, and compared to today, another 41,000 passengers a day using road transport to access and depart the airport. I know because I was there that the discussion in November regarding the implication of this was not fully understood by many, including the person who gave the casting vote to allow the application. The second reason is health impacts. In October 2018, the World Health Organization set much lower thresholds to avoid adverse health impacts from noise of aircraft. UDC officers originally wrote to um, Manchester Airports Group saying that it must incorporate this evidence in its environmental impact statement. To my knowledge, this has not happened. Why not? 
The government is also dragging its feet in dealing with this crucial issue with failure to publish the white paper on aviation, which was expected in October 2019. The World Health Organization also published new findings re-PM 2.5 particles. Their research confirms the known associations between PM 2.5 particles and respiratory and cardiovascular diseases, Parkinson's disease and diabetes. PM 2.5 particles can also cause skin problems, septicemia and other infections. We feel that Uttlesford is playing a dangerous game with the health of its residents. The extra tons of PM 2.5 from 75,000 extra flights will have severe health implications. This must be a material consideration. The third thing is the Boeing 737 MAX aircraft. 80% of all flights from Stansted are made by Ryanair. When Manchester Airport Group submitted the current application, their modelling was predicated upon the use of the Boeing 737 MAX, a quieter and 40% less um, polluting aircraft than its predecessor. This was assumed to be the case when the application was submitted. In the light of the grounding of the aircraft last year and the revelations in the press just last week, there must be a distinct possibility that this plane may never fly in its existing form. Confidence in safety is critical for aviation. For the fourth 737 MAX, this must be non-existent when even the people who built the plane say they wouldn't fly in it. This application was therefore granted on information that was inaccurate as noise levels and PM 2.5 will both be excessively greater than both Manchester Airport Group and officers stated. The fourth reason is climate change. Air travel is one of the greatest contributors to the acceleration of climate change. Either this council is sincere in its published objectives to reduce carbon emissions or it's using fine words to appear to be doing what it thinks will make it sound good. Words are cheap. Actions take courage. The desire of MAG to expand is unimportant compared with the climate change catastrophe that we face. Manchester Airport Groups does not need the additional expansion. It can already expand by 25% using its 35 million per passenger per annum granted permission. This is the limit by which the Climate Change Commission recommends airports should be allowed to grow by. It already has this capacity. For the sake of the health of Uttlesford and for that of the planet, we do urge you to refuse this application. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Kant. Our next speaker is Councillor Hall. Good morning, Councillor Hall. Yes, good morning and thank you. I've uh, been a resident of Great Chesterford for 47 years and I'm a member of the Chesterford Great Chesterford Parish Council. You said in your opening remarks, Madam Chairman, 
that the application was considered on the base of the existing legislation and the obligations which it imposes. But it must surely be as clear as a pike staff that there has been a material change of circumstances since that legislation was originally propounded and as it's been amended over the years. And the material change, obviously, is that of climate change, about which only yesterday, as was mentioned a moment ago, Sir David Attenborough said, in essence, that the clock is now standing at one minute to midnight. I would urge this committee and UDC to be bold to take account of climate change in considering the application and on the basis of those changed circumstances to reject the application and in the process send a clear message to central government that the issue can no longer be, judged, uh, no longer be dodged. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Councillor Hall. Our next speaker is Robert Jones. I'm, very, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Jones. Councillor Jones. It's, it's no, a, no longer a councillor. 43 years, but no longer. All right. So, so it's fine. Good morning, anyway, Mr. Jones. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I speak on behalf, however, of Stansted Mount Fidget Parish Council. Although the Parish Council still considers that the application to increase annual passenger numbers from 35 to 43 million passengers per annum is premature, is beyond the scope of UDC, is based on incomplete and misleading information and should have and should still be refused. Um, more detail will be provided on these arguments by a colleague later today not least concerning the flawed process by which the original approval was granted. The argument advanced by the Parish Council today relates to the inadequacy of the proposed Section 106 conditions which form part of the approval, should it be confirmed. Should you not grant approval, the remainder of this submission will not today be relevant. There are many areas where the applicant should be required to provide more funding or commitments, but I will only highlight three of these this morning. Local roads, there is little doubt that the rise in passengers, employees and other commercial activity has increased and will increase local traffic movement on the roads, already operating beyond their reasonable capacity. The money currently offered will be wholly inadequate when considering relief roads or smaller but still expensive improvements such as widening the railway bridge in the parish. Air pollution, poor air quality is an unseen but serious health hazard with airport operations being one of the main contributors to this factor. The applicant should fund any additional data monitoring locations and contribute towards mitigation measures. Community facilities. The district lacks many facilities to improve activities and social interaction for all ages. Libraries, sports pitches, indoor and outdoor, space for arts and music or clamour for investment. 
Funding for much of this investment could be found from two sources. First, levies on the use of public car parks should start at the 21p base level for 2001-2, be increased by RPI annually, and this levy should be paid to UDC and ring-fenced for improvements in the local district. Second, the annual contribution of the Stansted Airport Community Trust should be no less generous than those at Gatwick or Luton, 0.9p per passenger, but more likely Heathrow, 1.3p per passenger. Stansted is substantially less. The proceeds will usefully fund local community initiatives. These funding mechanisms will reflect the level of activity at Stansted Airport and as such are fair to both parties. If you decide to grant planning permission, then do not do so on the cheap. Do not sell the future of Uttlesford District to fill the coffers of Manchester Airport Group. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much, Mr Jones. Our next speaker is Suzanne Walker. Good morning, Ms. Walker. Good Good morning. morning. My family have been ratepayers of Uttlesford for over 50 years. We have had children. We now have adult grandchildren and although this is only me sitting here I think I speak for all of them I cannot add technical information when the councillors have to make up their decision they will have plenty of information Amongst that information will be well-researched and reliable facts from Stop Stansted Expansion, of which I think I can claim to be a founder member. During the time that we have lived here, Stansted Airport has had its place in the community, It has been rather like an over-exuberant adolescent and like all over-exuberant adolescents, it should have boundaries. Boundaries in the sense of restrictions on how far it can go. I think it has very fair boundaries at the moment. And we are not in a position where these restrictions should be in any way loosened. I ask that when councillors come to make their decision, they should base it finally on common sense and that they should think very, very carefully about where their common sense leads them. 
I understand I have one minute 32 seconds left and I shall sit here in the hopes that it will encourage people to think about what that decision should be. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mrs. Walker. Our next speaker is Peter Sanders. Good morning, Good morning, Mr. Saunders. Good morning. My name is Peter Saunders, and I've been chairman of SSE, Stop Stansted Expansion, since 2004. And I've lived in the Uttleton district at Stansted, Whittington, now Saffermoreland, since 1982. Um, SSE opposes the application, and if it goes ahead, it will be making its presentation on this, its main presentation, next week on Friday on the 24th of January. And this is my personal submission, and my aim is really to emphasize two of the important aspects of the context in which we have to consider this. First of all, you won't be surprised to hear climate change. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, that's the IPCC, estimates that the rate we're going now, there'll be a rise in world temperatures of about three to four degrees centigrade. And the results will be catastrophic. They've already been spelt out by several of the speakers here this morning. Um, melting ice flows, glaciers, rising sea levels, floods, raging fires, massive extinction of species, destruction of tranquility, threats to health, perhaps even the reversal of prevailing winds and currents. But, the IPC says, this can be reduced, this four degrees can be reduced to 1.5, and I'm quoting here, by rapid, far-reaching and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society. What we need, therefore, is bold action from national and local governments and others as well. Um, UDC has commendably declared a climate emergency, and it's committed to achieving net zero carbon status by 2030. We welcome this. 
Um, Attleton has a long history of involvement in environmental matters. Before, in the 1990s, we had local agenda 21, 21 meaning the 21st century, uh, a partnership between the community and the council. And I headed up the community in that <coughs> initiative, and Roger Harborough headed up the council side as well. And we, with, with um, heavy involvement from others, we worked together to devise a programme of local action. And the rallying cry, which was a rallying cry that came down from central government, was think global, act local. Well, that was as far as it went. Though sometimes you wondered as you put your vegetable waste on your compost heap and were deafened by a plane flying overhead. We need to act local as well. And that's why we welcome Atlas's declaration. But those words, the words of that declaration, must be translated into action. It's been suggested to me, as it's been suggested to others in this room, that there's no need for us to worry at our age, but I worry for my children, for my grandchildren, for society as a whole. It's not exaggerating to say that under the worst scenarios, the very future of the human race is at risk. And Uttlesford is right. But I would just suggest this. If this is a climate emergency, there's one question that we have to ask ourselves. If it's a climate emergency, uh, how can one say at the same time and to approve an application that will give rise to a massive increase in carbon emissions. The two things are incompatible. The second aspect I want to draw attention to is creeping into incrementalism. Look at the history of all this. You start off at one million passenger movements a year, you go on to limits of eight, 15, 25, and now 43. And don't imagine that this is the end of Mag's ambition. They are aiming, we know, at 50 million passenger movements a year. And if they're not stopped in their tracks, they'll no doubt go for a second runway as well. A line must be drawn. We've been fighting this since the 1960s, first under the banner of, of NUIPA, the Northwest Essex East Hearts Preservation Association, and since 2002, stopped standard expansion. As Inspector Eyre said in 1984, the hard-pressed people of this area deserve some finality. Enough is enough, and I urge you to reject the application. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Sanders. And our next speaker is Ken MacDonald. Good morning, Mr. MacDonald. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ken MacDonald. Uh, for many years, I've been a member of Stop Stances Expansion's Executive Committee and Honorary Secretary of the 100 Parishes Society. I declare those roles merely to illustrate that I have a long-term and deep interest and love for this area, but I'm speaking today in my personal capacity. I believe Uttersford District Council is out of its depth in seeking to process this planning application, which undoubtedly affects matters of wider, indeed national and international significance. Uttersford is just one of many, many district councils. There are over 300 in England and one of the smallest with limited resources. Any attempt to properly consider such a significant planning application and to properly assess the adequacy of mitigation has to be viewed as challenging. I know that many members of the planning committee are newly appointed, making them even less prepared for taking a decision of such consequence. It takes courage to admit being out of one's depth. Uttersford's administration and its officers have a track record of not admitting it. 
That is why we're all here today. The Council could have passed responsibility for this decision long ago to the National Government. Key decisions are about to be taken at national level, in particular a new aviation policy and judgment on stop standard expansion's legal application for the Government to take responsibility for determining this application. I can understand the airport's wish to get approval from a soft-touch local authority, but why should you be rushed? There is no urgency. The current permission gives lots of headroom and passenger passenger numbers are in decline. I note that the airport has recently announced attempting sweetener, but this is peanuts compared with the real cost to our quality of life through so many extra cars on our rural roads and so many extra passengers on our already overcrowded trains. Is our health, our way of life, even our soul really up for sale? Many of you were elected last year when the electorate dramatically demonstrated its dissatisfaction with the previous administration. The Conservatives were thrown out because they failed to listen to the community. Many voters wanted a less cosy relationship with the airport and for a council whose members did not simply tow a party line. I hope you will live up to our hope. For councillors with independent thought and for a council that focuses on the needs and wishes of its residents. I sincerely hope that none of you will stay silent through the debate and simply vote the way you've been told to. Does this committee really feel it is competent to take this decision, and in particular to second-guess the High Court and the Government? If so, I hope you will conclude that too many material factors have arisen in the last year for you to overlook them. I hope you will conclude that the balance between need and harm no longer justifies approval. If you feel you may be competent, but not yet, you do not have... You do have an option to defer a decision until after the High Court and aviation policy matters, policy matters have been resolved. And if you don't feel competent, if you do feel that Uttlesford is out of its depth, even now at this late stage you could voluntarily pass the baton to the Secretary of State. He has far greater resources at his disposal and will have to make the decision against the background of wider policy issues and competing demands from other airports. Thank you. Mr. Mr. McDonald, Mr. McDonald, can I just, could you just sit back down a second? Can I ask you, did you, did, did I hear you correctly say that you, you said um, the, the members of the committee would vote on the way we were told? I, I didn't say you would. I asked that, uh, let me just repeat Could you just repeat that, that part that you said, please? Just, just so I can get that right in my head? Sure. Um, I'm sorry to sorry, bring I, you I'm back. Sorry, I'm trying to find that particular part of what I said. Um, I sincerely hope none of you will stay silent through the debate and simply vote the way that you've been told to. Will vote or not vote the way you've been told? Will vote the way you've been told? I'm hoping that you will vote the way... I hope you will not simply vote the way you've been told to vote. Can I assure you, Mr MacDonald, that nobody has been told to vote any particular way on this committee? Good, thank you. This committee will vote the way each member will feel on the 24th. 
Thank you. I'm very okay. pleased to get that reassurance. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. We, have, we are actually on time. So thank you to all the speakers. Um, we have a 15-minute break now. So can I suggest we come back just... Oh, should I... Should I just say quarter two, then we'll just take it that little bit. Let's just say quarter, we'll come back at quarter two. Okay, thank you very much. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the extraordinary meeting of the Planning Committee of Utterson District Council. Um, we will carry on now with the speakers. And our next speaker is Robert Beer. Good morning, Mr. Beer. Good morning. I'm Robert Beer, representing ERAG, the Easters and Rodings Action Group. As you are now probably reeling from the original and now additional reams of poorly, of densely but poorly written evidence from both MAG and officers, I implore you to apply a simple reality test as framed around MAG's original claim. Do you honestly believe the MAG claim that Stansted can expand from its 28 million passengers of today to 43 million passengers with no significant material adverse environmental impact occurring. Seriously, do you? In opposing expansion to 35 million passengers, the then head of UDC planning, Roger Harborough, wrote, Stansted will continue to make an important contribution within the limits of the existing permission. There is no evidence that development will have significant economic benefits, either locally or nationally, which need override the recognised disbenefits. What has changed for the same UDC officers to now take the opposite view and continue to endorse 43 million passengers? We will never know, as there are no available minutes of the 35 meetings that took place between UDC officers and MAG. So for the expansion to 43 million passengers... Have we reached anywhere near the 35 million current permissions? No. Are there any time-critical issues involved? No. The application is wholly premature. Have issues relating to noise, air pollution, health, congestion improved? No. They are all appreciably worse. Have climate change concerns improved? No. They worsen by the week. Have health concerns on noise and emissions changed favourably? No. WHO guidelines say not and have been ignored. Are we clear what the increased number of flights will be? No, confusion reigns. Also consider new findings on health impacts of particulate matter have come to light. Issues with the Boeing 737 MAX remain seriously unresolved. Plans for expansion at other airports will dramatically affect Stansted demand. Do not be intimidated by officers' threats of what MAG will do next. MAG might appeal with little consequence to this council. You can legitimately, in weighing the balance of issues, review and reopen the previous decision by the previous council. And you have a number of options. Reject this planning application outright once and for all. There will be no dire consequences. Defer the decision until the High Court rules on the SSE challenge. Call for more evidence on key issues on areas of legitimate challenge. If you feel you've not had time or understood the complexity of this case, that's okay. Many haven't, including the last planning committee. So be honest, put your hands up and pass a motion to send this application to the Secretary of State for decision on grounds of not having 
had the relevant experience. It is what the pre-election committee chairman should have done. Don't follow his example. You will not be forgiven as he and his party were not. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Beer. Our next speaker is Jane Gray. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> I used to live in a quiet landscape, but now I'm directly below the turning point of planes coming into land at the airport. They turn over my house on the outskirts of Ashton, day and night. This is disruptive to my life in the day, but at night I am working continually, and I feel it really affects my health and mental well-being. I have resorted to having a radio on at all night, so I have a level of constant noise, ironically, to drown out the noise of the planes. Noise in the peaceful countryside is so much more intrusive than in a town, where noise levels of traffic are part of the expected streetscape. Section 106 suggested would be totally ineffective in my house, as many houses in Uttlesford are centuries old and soundproofing was not a consideration for builders in those days. Some of my walls are only a few inches thick, and I use my chimneys for heating, so mechanical ventilation is not an option. In any case, I don't think being encased in some sort of air conditioning unit is a good way to live. I used to enjoy the silence and peace of the countryside, especially at night. The old owl was a delight. One of the consequences the expanding airport has had on Ashton, my village, is increased traffic. Airport employees are using the village as a rat run to work, and our protected lanes and narrow roads are suffering. The verges are becoming worn away, and the traffic goes so fast that walking along the roads has become very dangerous. I looked at the things that the proposed Section 106 would deliver for the community and would like to understand what a local bus network development fund might mean. My village is rurally isolated with no bus or public transport after 3pm, so no way to return to the village after work and no opportunities to participate in the evening events outside Ashton. Is the local bus network development fund going to supply money to supplement the local village bus service? If so, the Essex County Council Passenger Transport Department have not been notified of this scheme. Or does it just mean that the buses and coaches serving the airport will be subsidised? I think this needs clarification. To be honest, there is no sweetener or legal bung that could adequately ameliorate the destruction of our quiet landscape. The motive behind expanding the passenger numbers is merely pandering to the commercial greed of Manchester Airport Group. The issues arising from the extreme climate conditions that we now find ourselves trying to address and reverse are of no consequence to them. To them, the bottom line is money. In my book, people and the environment are more important. In addition, since the local plan has recently been found unsound and the plan was closely bound up with employment figures at the airport and thus housing numbers, it might be prudent to ask for the whole application to be decided nationally rather than locally or wait to hear the outcome of SSE's legal challenge that was heard in November of last year. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our next speaker is um, Andy Dodsley. Good morning, Mr. Dodsley. Good morning. Andy Dodsley from Little Eastern Parish Council. The May 2019 local election results were a triumph for local democracy. Across the district, residents voted for a change in direction and local policy, which swept aside the previous administration and gave the residents for Uttlesford Party the opportunity to deliver on their manifesto promises of truly representing residents. This administration was elected entirely on the key local issues of the local plan and Stansted Airport. Following the planning inspector's letter this week, we all now know where the local plan stands, and we are now addressing the second key local issue on which this council was elected, Stansted Airport. Your planning officers are recommending that permission be granted. This comes as no surprise given the track record of planning officers at UDC. This week's damning report from the planning inspectors on the ill-conceived and unsound local plan must be making very uncomfortable reading for them at this point. In respect of the Stansted Airport application, your officers appear desperate to rush through approval before publication of the Government Aviation White Paper, setting out long-term policy on carbon emissions, noise and health impacts. One has to ask the question as to why this is. Pushing forward a blinkered strategy, ignoring the evidence at any cost, didn't work for the local plan and it shouldn't be allowed to work for this application. I'm sure that the officers have raised the spectre of future legal action from the airport should their request not be granted. This is, at best, scaremongering and, at worst, bullying. Fear of future legal action from the airport is not a reason for granting permission to an application which has such major negative impacts on the health and well-being of the local community. It is worth reminding you that the officers work for you and effectively for us, the residents, not the other way round. We elected you to represent us. We ask that you now do so. At the EGM in June 2019, the council passed a resolution committing you to examining any new material considerations to which weight may now be given in striking the planning balance. Many of you on this committee voted in favour of that resolution. Despite what your officers have said, there have been a number of new material considerations which have an impact on the planning balance, and you'll hear many of them today, but you'll be relieved to hear I'm not going to repeat them all again. It really comes down to this. You all know that the original decision was flawed and passed on party lines rather than what is in the best interests of the community.
That's why you voted to pass the resolution to re-examine the proposal. You all know that the health and environmental impacts of airport expansion will be damaging to the local community and that your prime objective should be to protect your local community. You all know that there will shortly be new government policy on aviation, which is likely to further curb airport expansion. You all know that there's widespread opposition to the proposals. It's one of the key reasons you were elected. You all know that an increase in passenger numbers will result in an increase in flights, however the figures are massaged. We don't need to tell you the impact of airport expansion on carbon emissions. You know this. You've declared a climate emergency within Uttlesford. We now expect you to back up these good words with actions. It would be a total nonsense to declare a climate emergency and then sanction airport expansion, which puts an additional million tonnes of CO2 into the atmosphere by 2028. The residents of Uttlesford have spoken and continue to speak loud and clear of their opposition to the airport proposals. We elected this administration because we were promised that things would be different. We now expect you to make good on that promise. We now expect you to do what we elected you to do, to represent the views of your residents. We, the residents, who voted for you in good faith and high expectations, expect you to refuse this planning application. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Paul West. Good morning. It's still morning, so I'll say good morning, Mr. West. Good morning. Um, I'm Councillor West. I am. Uh, I was a late entry. My application on Monday was not received, and I got a, a slot today in someone else's cancellations. I'm so, Paul, which parish is it? I'm Paul West. I'm the. I'm a councillor on Good Easter Parish Council. Um, good morning, Councillor West. Then. Thank, thank you. you. Um, Good Easter isn't in Uttlesford District Council, it's in Chelmsford City Council, but we are seven miles from Stansted and we are impacted uh, by the flight paths from Stansted Airport, um, particularly in the summer and in the evenings, and these have increased considerably in the last few years. There are two issues here I want to raise that are complementary but uh, not quite the same as other people have mentioned. One is that I think the whole of this second application is premature in that it's not considering all the facts that are before or pending currently. One is a High Court appeal where um, um, there has been a proposal that this issue is referred to the Secretary of State for Transport where they, I hope, would consider all of the expansion plans of all of the airports in London and not Stansted Airport in isolation. Um, and I think that would prove that there is no need for expansion 
at Stansted. And I, I, the second issue is there is uh, an imminent government white paper on aviation, uh, which will, I hope, include the recent World Health Organization impacts on aviation noise and also the aviation emissions, carbon particulates, PM 2.5s, um, that must be considered as part of this application. And you must wait until that white paper is produced before you can determine this application. There is no rush to approve this application. There's little design and build involved with the current plans from MAG. And there is evidence that, that passenger numbers are actually falling in the last year at Stansted rather than increasing. There's a 7 million passenger buffer between current numbers and the, the existing planning approval. Why would you want to consider further passenger numbers on top of 7 million buffer? Where the world is clamoring for climate change to stop us destroying, this, this planet is being destroyed in my generation. And where the whole world is looking for people to save the planet, Uttlesford, in isolation, appears intent on destroying it. In summary, there is no need demonstrated for additional passenger or flight numbers. There is no benefit whatsoever to the local residents. The Section 106 agreements are pittance compared with the damage that it will cause. There are huge adverse impacts from further expansion. And from what I've seen today, there is little or no support from any of the surrounding parish town councils. In short, I urge you to reject this planning application. And if there is a need in the future, when you are nearing 35 million passengers, then consider a further application to increase those numbers, but not until that need is demonstrated. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor West. Our next speaker, and all I have is Stansted Parish. So I'm not sure who is speaking for Stansted Parish. Right. Oh, thank you very, thank you very much. Thank you. So our next speaker then is Sarah Cousins. Um, but just before you start, Miss Cousins, can I just remind everybody to leave our um, a record of their. Um, comments with Mr. Ferguson, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Sarah Cousins, and I live in Brickend, Broxted, almost directly beneath the flight path. I oppose MAG's planning application, and I am very disappointed with the officer's recommendation that the decision notice currently on hold should be approved. It is now known that emissions of fine carbon particles from aircraft, known as PM2.5, can have serious health impacts harming myself and my family. 
I cannot believe that armed with this knowledge, and let's face it, it's recently been in every newspaper, on every news programme, and all over social media, UDC officers would even contemplate recommending to the planning committee that the decision should be given the green light. Knowing that this planning application would produce 13.6 tonnes of these particles a year, that's an extra 25% on top of today's levels, I can't understand how officers aren't instead recommending refusal of the planning application. These are MAG's own figures, and whilst 13.6 tonnes may not sound a lot, these are tiny particles invisible to the naked eye. That means trillions of them, and they end up in our lungs. And this new evidence tells us that no levels are safe. As I say, we live under the flight path less than two miles from the airport, and so we also suffer a lot of aircraft noise. There's currently about 500 flights a day, depending on the time of year. We know that would increase to about 600 flights a day, even if this application was refused, but it would increase to about 750 flights a day if it was approved. It's all very well to promise people double glazing, but you can't double glaze our garden, and you can't live all summer indoors with the windows shut. The new information from the World Health Organization shows that noise levels damage human health at far lower levels than originally thought. Those of us who live locally are not in the least surprised by this new scientific information. I ask again, why, knowing this, are officers recommending that the airport be allowed to proceed with its scandalous plans? Today, I ask the members of the planning committee to please listen, not only to your officers, but also to your local community. So much has come to light since the previous committee made its decision in 2018. So please also listen to those expert bodies such as the World Health Organization and to those qualified people who have articles published in the British Medical Journal and consider the health of your local community and beyond. Thank you very much for listening to me. Thank you very much, Ms. Cousins. Um, our next speaker is Stephen Bolter. Good afternoon, Mr. Bolter. Good afternoon. I'm a... Uh... I'm a, I'm a parish councillor. I don't know whether that gives me the five minutes or not because I couldn't declare that because I hadn't been officially uh, instructed. Uh, but I was officially instructed last night, so I get my five or my four. Which parish? Oops, sorry. Which parish Guestingthorpe. are you? Guestingthorpe. Guestingthorpe. Yes. 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 yes absolutely. Yes. No. Uh, I'm Stephen Bolter. Guestingthorpe resident, parish councillor and a Stansted Airport user once a year for holiday trips. The PC instructed me to speak on its behalf at its meeting last night. Guestingthorpe, and I say so I'm going to concentrate on local issues, not repeat the general environmental arguments which I take as, as read. Uh, Guestingthorpe is about 15 miles from Stansted Runway under the busiest flight path for arrivals. In 1980, Guestingthorpe was one of the most tranquil places in the home counties. It remained so until, at a stroke of a pen, aircraft routing was changed to make larger numbers of aircraft follow a narrower path across the most populated part of the village. 
it is still tranquil in gaps between the queues of descending aircraft. Most consideration of noise concentrates on the extreme takeoff noise in the area close to the airport where noise sensitive people would not generally choose to live. Noise from landing aircraft is different in character and, and disturbing at greater distances from the airport. As in Guestingthorpe's case, a change of routing can inflict it on people who chose to settle in a quiet area. Tranquility and lack of background noise make aircraft noise more disturbing, especially at night and early morning. People woken up in the early morning often fail to get back to sleep and become sleep deprived. The World Health Organization considered 50 decibels dangerous to mental health. In 2006, 6,000 people around the airport were exposed to over twice that sound level during a 16-hour day. Expansion could make it even worse, and I understand that World Health Organization uh, um, recommendations may have gone changed. Uh, residents have suggested spreading the aircraft more evenly, but nothing has been done. In recent years, there has been uh, heavier, noisier planes in the mix, including freighters and four-engine planes with interference between engines producing continuous thunderous rumble, which causes house floors to, and windows to vibrate. From Bulma to Yeldon, residents are woken up between 3 and 4 a.m. by a particularly bad example. Congestion at the airport sometimes results in close, close to airport stacking or sudden changes of route, which require low-altitude tight turns causing increased engine noise and power. Noise is inevitable close to major airports, but Man Manchester Airport has failed to use the latest technology to adjust path sites outside the close zone to avoid unnecessary levels of disturbance and minimise low-level stacking. It has also failed to insist that operations at night use low-noise aircraft. Increasing the number of passengers will increase the number of movements and the average weight of each movement. This will result in more congestion, more stacking, more night flights and much more noise and disturbance. Manchester airports cannot claim need for additional airport capacity. London airports already have the capacity for two return flights per year for the whole population of London and the home counties, whether they want them or not. People are now more climate aware and are conscious that flying via a hub is more carbon intensive than flying direct. Stansted's airlines are desperately trying to fill aircraft by advertising cut price short breaks at prices less than a good restaurant meal in England for those still unconcerned about the environment. When what is needed, if anything, is more flights abroad direct from regional airports. In summary, there is no need for increased capacity in the London area. If there is to be any expansion of aviation in the UK, it should be outside London and the greater, greater southeast of England. There are already disturbing levels of noise and other pollution which Manchester Airport has not adequately addressed and which could become worse with expansion. Expansion would, repeat, would increase airport congestion and overload transport and other in infrastructure, uh, surrounding transport and other infrastructure. Unrestrained, Manchester Airport could take a fortune from Stansted at the expense of local people. It is able to devote huge resources to fight a small district council. 
This is a matter of regional and national importance, the decision on which should not be influenced by the financial exposure of Uttlesford District Council. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, Councillor. Our next speaker, our next speaker is Janet Robinson. Good afternoon, Ms. Robinson. Good afternoon, councillors. My name is Janet Robinson. I'm a resident of High Easter. I'm also um, a councillor for High Easter Parish Council, but I'm not here in the capacity of a parish council today. I'm here to represent myself. <clears throat> I'm strongly opposed to the plan for increased capacity at Stansted Airport. The World Health Organization guidelines are very specific in the recommended maximum levels of noise and emissions above which they state would have adverse effects on health. Should the planned expansion gain approval, the levels of noise and emissions suffered by local communities around Stansted Airport will greatly exceed the maximum recommended levels, resulting in serious risk to health and well-being of those affected. The planned increase in passenger numbers at Stansted Airport would result in an estimated 47,000 additional flights. The Boeing MAX aircraft was grounded in March 2019 following two fatal crashes. It has not returned to service and is unlikely to do so in the near future. At the time of the grounding, the Boeing issued a statement saying that they had sufficient orders on their books to continue production until 2027. During the Dubai Air Show last year, Boeing received a number of new orders for the Boeing 737 MAX aircraft. In the original planning application, the Manchester Airport Group modelling of noise and air quality impacts for the increased capacity assumed that Ryanair, who operate 80% of the flights out of Stansted, would replace the majority of their fleet with the MAX 8 aircraft, which is significantly quieter and less pollutant than their current fleet of ageing aircraft. To date, Ryanair has not placed a single order for any new MAX 8 aircraft. This month, Boeing have had to stop production of the MAX aircraft. There is simply no space left to park any more new aircraft. It is highly unlikely that Boeing will start production again for a number of months after the Federal Aviation Airworthiness Authority approved the MAX aircraft for continued flight operations and return their flight operator's certificate. This will further extend the time required to fulfil their current order book which at current estimations will not be achieved until at least 2029. If Ryanair were to place an order to replace their current fleet of over 300 aircraft today, it is unlikely that they would get, take delivery of their first MAX aircraft before 2030, 10 years from now. So we will so we'll continue their operation with noisy and heavy polluting aircraft for the next 10 years. The residents of the communities around Stansted are therefore condemned to suffering levels of noise and pollution at significantly, significantly higher levels than the maximum level recommended by the World Health Organization for at least the next 10 years, even at the current permitted 35 million passengers per annum. If the increase to 43 million passengers per annum is approved, the adverse effects on local communities will increase significantly. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Our next speaker is Tony Jones. Good 
Good afternoon, Mr. Jones. Hi. Um, hello, I'm Tony Jones, and I'm chief exec of a, a non-membership organisation, a non-profit membership organisation called One Nucleus. That's like a trade association for over 400 businesses in this corridor, researching and developing new medicines and trying to improve patient outcomes and, and all our lives. It's a vital sector for the UK economy. It's a, this region has, has led in that drive for many, many decades. And the reason it attracts over a billion pounds worth of investment each year is based on a track record of excellence and how good the UK is at a lead, in leading deployment of technologies. But that support is driven really by having a great base, but it's about the accessibility as well of this region to attract talent and great people, and that's why businesses are here. But it's far beyond, as people think about discovering medicines, is about people in white coats doing experiments in laboratories and testing things. There's a whole diversity of roles, right from the very top end of professors and researchers, right the way down to people who are in that diverse supply chain of needing to make things in the service sector. So the thousands of people employed, right the way across Uttlesford, right the way across Essex, it's not just about Cambridge, it's about Chesterford Research Park, it's about Public Health England coming to Harlow, creating those jobs and that benefit. But that needs to attract that ongoing investment and growth, and that growth is really, really spectacular, and we should be very proud of it. But the life sciences sector, much like I understand the views of, of MAGAS, the management of Stansted Airport, is deeply committed to a, a supporting a high quality and deep skills agenda, which gives aspiration to all of the next generations coming through. There's new technologies that will change the way we live, the way we generate revenue for the country and society benefit. But that diversity doesn't mean that we only concentrate on the high end, we concentrate on all of those roles. I, mean, I fully get the environmental concerns and, and the impacts, and, and I don't think anyone's ever tried to minimise those. But I think we also have to bear in mind that the airline industry really does have a driver to be as environmentally friendly as it's possible to be while balancing the other wider benefits it can bring. So I think that with that in mind, none of this happens in isolation. We fully appreciate that. But I think to create those futures, continue driving that growth and, and success, and create for generations to come, for my children and children beyond that, that ability to say, where's the aspiration? What am I going to do that really is going to contribute and make me a better rounded individual and society better? And for that growth to continue, it realises it isn't investment coming from the UK, not from government, not from private. It's coming globally from Asia, from the United States. And this growth of the airport capacity needs to build that confidence for the connectivity that that investment keeps coming. Not just the life sciences will be the same in technology sectors. So to support and enable that bright future, I would really urge the committee to approve this application to allow us to keep growing. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Jones. Our next speaker is Robert Edge. Robert's, Robert's unable to be here, so I'm representing Invest Essex instead. So, your name is? Dave Russell Graham. Thank you. Russell Graham. Russell, Russell Graham. Thank you. Dave Russell Graham, Invest Essex. 
Invest Essex would like to express its support for the application by London Stansted Airport to increase the planning cap. As a publicly funded inward investment agency for the County of Essex, responsible for supporting the growth of the Essex economy through attraction of new businesses and business investment from elsewhere in the UK and overseas to the county, we support the application for the following four reasons. Firstly, an opportunity for investment, expansion and continued growth. Since the acquisition of London Stansted Airport by MAG in November 2013, the new owners have increased annual passenger numbers from 17.7 million in that year to 28 million in 2018. The existing terminal has already been reconfigured internally to increase passenger throughput, as well as to provide space allocated for lounges in order to attract full-service airlines. The airlines that have been introduced to London Stansted since April 2016 have accounted for 60% of passenger growth over the last two years, and the airport estimates that since the purchase, 1,500 additional jobs have been created by employers at the airport. The new management have worked hard to attract new airlines to London Stansted, such as Jet2, SES, Euralair, Air India and Emirates. Emirates added a second daily flight to Dubai less than a year after the first due to demand. This offers significant connectivity for Essex with Africa, Asia, the Middle East and Australasia and can only enhance the county's offer to international investors. A number of inward investors have located in Stansted area predominantly to serve the European market. A much larger number of regional companies use the airport to attend European trade shows or for client visits. Stansted also sits centrally to the UK's Innovation Corridor, anchored at either end by London and Cambridge and providing connectivity for local knowledge-based companies in particular needing to travel to meet investors, customers or collaborators. A local example is an internationally prestigious Chesterford Research Park in which Uttlesford District Council's investment arm is a shareholder. Secondly, an opportunity with Brexit. The government has indicated that after Brexit it wants the UK to remain in the European Common Aviation Area, an EU Open Skies Agreement with some European non-member countries, or alternatively reach a separate Open Skies deal with the EU. After Brexit, the UK will negotiate air routes bilaterally with third countries. In our view, London Stansted needs to have the flexibility and capacity to respond quickly to capitalise on these new agreements for both passenger and cargo routes as the UK negotiates future agreements outside the EU. Thirdly, an opportunity to provide capacity in the London area pending Heathrow's expansion. Although Parliament voted in June 2018 to approve the airport's national policy statement, which recommends the building of a third runway at London Heathrow, its owners will still need to submit a planning application. Just before Christmas, Heathrow announced that, subject to planning permission, they do not expect that extra capacity will be available until 2028-29 at the earliest. By increasing the planning cap, London Stansted has the opportunity now to attract additional airlines who are unable to access or expand at Heathrow. An example of this is Air India, who launched a direct service to Amritsar from Stansted in October last year and will be adding a service to Dubai this February. Finally, London Stansted Airport is an engine of growth within the Essex economy. It is the largest single-site employer in the whole of the east of England and generates approximately £1 billion annually to the UK's economy. The airport takes its role as a good corporate citizen seriously and works hard to promote local supply chains and is working with others to increase the number of suppliers within a 50-mile radius from 44 to 50%. It organises an annual Meet the Fire Fair every November where buyers from the airport itself and its tenants encourage local suppliers 
to meet them personally and discuss their offerings. Over 50% of passengers now use public transport, the highest of any UK airport, and the airport has supported initiatives to reduce the use of private cars. A campus of Harlow College opened in September 2018 on land donated by the airport. Stansted Airport College is the only further education provision in Uttlesford. I am going to have to ask you to finish off. Thank you. And the first FE college located at any UK airport, equipping students with the vocational skills required by airport employers. We therefore urge you to approve the application. Thank you. The next speaker is, and I apologise if I pronounce your name um, incorrectly, Monica Sim Simon Eitheit. Oh, thank you very much. Sorry. <laughs> That's why, Madam Chair. Good, good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you today. I've been working at Stansted Airport for almost five years since I graduated from Loughborough University with a degree in air transport management. I've been interested in aviation since I was a little girl, my father having been the senior manager of an air traffic control tower. Do I support the Stansted Airport planning application? Absolutely, I do. And I'd like to explain why, as this is something I'm very passionate about. Stansted Airport Limited, which is part of the Manchester Airports Group, gave me, my, gave me the chance for my career to literally take off. Back in 2015, after vigorous and a highly competitive application process, I secured a place at Stansted as an airport management graduate. In total, there were six of us accepted that year, and by 2019, there were 43 graduates, half of them based at Stansted, coming from all over the country, after graduating from reputable universities to apply the knowledge and skills by working at Stansted Airport. The variety of graduate schemes is wide, all of them covering main areas of airport business, including airside operations, engineering, terminal operations, customer service, and business change. Myself and fellow graduates are now in managerial positions, having their own teams, and influencing the airport's future strategy, making the graduate scheme a success story. Such job opportunities are there because of the airport's immense growth, creating a demand for us, young professionals. It's great to be part of Santa's exciting contribution towards stronger connectivity for Global Britain, and I'm proud to be a valued member of the team delivering this by seeking to make the best use of Stansted's capacity in a responsible and sustainable manner, which will benefit the communities and regions it serves. What is also great that we are encouraged to offer our skills on a voluntary basis, which not only helps to strengthen the ties with the area where I live and work, but also been linked to improved employee well-being and engagement at the airport. Whether it's talking to Stansted College students about the airport's digital and future innovations, or showcase career opportunities at the on-site Arizona facility, or even doing a 50-kilometer walk with my fellow colleagues to support and raise money for children's cancer charity, there are a lot of opportunities at Stansted to work together for a better future. The approval of the planning application and the subsequent development that will follow will lead to more job opportunities for young people to come and join us at Stansted Airport. Attracting future employees that have an abundance of energy and ideas and a strong eagerness and determination to learn and to succeed will be a significant advantage for the airport and the approval of the planning application will unlock that potential. Last year, at the careers fair at Loughborough University, 
I witnessed firsthand just how much interest there is in standards growth. One of the main questions coming from final year students who are already looking for jobs next year was about Stansted and opportunities to be involved. To sum up, I'm proud to be working at Stansted Airport and starting my career as a graduate here. Hence, I strongly support the planning application to be approved. It will help to ensure that the continuation of graduate schemes, which attract young talent and help to prepare the future leaders for the industry to see. And I would like to finish with a quote. Coming together is a beginning, staying together is a progress, and working together is a success. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Chris Hardy. Good afternoon, Mr Hardy. Good afternoon. Uh, many thanks for the opportunity to talk today. I am the Managing Director of National Express Coach, the UK's largest provider of scheduled express coach services and one of London Stansted's primary ground transport partners for the last 10 years. We operate 1,500 services a day in the UK, providing connections from UK towns to and from cities and airports. London Stansted is a key hub in the national network. We make around 5,500 passenger journeys to London from Stansted each day. National Express is fully supportive of London Stansted Airport's growth ambitions. London Stansted is an economic powerhouse, a critical export gateway, and a major source of employment for the area. The growth and success of London Stansted is fundamentally important to National Express, but it also drives the growth and success of the wider region and meets demand for global connectivity. If international trade, investment, and economic productivity are to grow in the UK, we need to make full and efficient use of our airports. London Stansted Airport's growth is beneficial to businesses, consumers and residents in the east of England. Across our operations at London Stansted, we employ over 300 frontline staff, including drivers, customer service, salespeople, engineers, cleaners, builders, maintenance staff, controllers, managers and many more. The majority of these are driving jobs. With our expected growth, we will include new routes and locations joined to the airport, and we expect to see an uplift in employee numbers for driving and customer service roles. We offer real opportunities for people to enter meaningful employment, and we recognise the need to develop a skilled and work-ready individuals to support our business. We hold recruitment days at the airport, and we recruit locally at local job fairs. We have partnerships with three local colleges, through which we provide work placements, and we have an agreement with the Stansted Academy to provide training and recruitment support with a focus to getting people into work. All of this allows us to ensure we have a pipeline of talent to expand our teams at the airport as the airport grows. We provide work experience placements to local schools and local colleges and then subsequent to employee, employment for those who are successful. As well as taking part in the airport's internships which is fantastic in terms of developing and building the confidence of young people. We recognise the consideration of understanding that growth will be the effect on the local environment. Congestion and emissions will be some of the concerns expressed by local people in the surrounding area. London Stansted, as I'm sure most will be aware, has the highest proportion of public transport of any major airport. Um, coach is a very popular choice from the airport. Our services account for the greatest proportion of those services, and we have a track record of increasing capacity on the coaches to meet the increased need. Coach pays, plays a key role in addressing the transport challenges associated with increased passenger growth. 
Along with rail, we minimise the impact of traffic and emissions on the roads. Each one of our coaches takes a mile of traffic off the local roads, and we use the, only the most efficient, most modern coaches, which are, in fact, um, have less emissions than a single family diesel car. We believe it's to Stansted's credit that it surrounds itself with high-quality, dependable, responsible businesses like ours and the best public transport, which is what makes it a sustainable airport. To conclude, as a representative of National Express and a local resident myself, we fully support London Stansted Airport's ambitions to develop and grow responsibly and sustainably. Thank you. Thank you very much. <coughs> Excuse me. Our next speaker is Neil Banks. Good afternoon, Mr. Banks. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today. My name is Neil Banks. It's been my privilege over to work at Stancy for the last 30 years. When there's questions as to why do I support the growth of Stancy, I look back and remember my journey during my time at Stancy, having worked for BAA, for overall, and now at MAG. I've seen lots of changes of ownership and there's changes of airlines over the years. During my 30 years, I've been able to introduce schemes that support people returning to work, apprenticeship schemes, welcome graduates on placements, and career development programmes that have given people opportunities to grow individually of the leaders of tomorrow. I've also introduced a dementia-friendly community, which has resulted in over 800 people becoming dementia friends in Stansted. My own children have found their feet at Stansted. My eldest son has worked at Stansted for nearly 10 years. And my youngest son started at the amazing airport college where he hopes to join the fire service when he leaves. The sense of family and spirit of Stansted is what makes it special in my heart. More importantly, I've been able to work with our local communities through six years of mentoring at both Forest Hall School in Stansted and Stewart's Academy in Harlow, helping students who are struggling to deal with school to find their ways to succeed. Supporting the vital work that out of one of our local food banks that we support in Harlow with weekly deliveries of items surrendered by passengers that would previously have gone to landfill and instead are now going to feed the community. Helping host Christmas dinner parties with the Rainbow Charity in Hollow, gardening at Bridge End Garden and at Good Easter, uh, are just some of the, I'm just one of a gang of volunteers representing across Stansted a vast number of local projects giving back to the community that surround the people. I'd also like to tell you about a young autistic boy whose mum wrote to our CEO to say that he'd never been on holiday as the airport was too frightening for him. After chatting to his mum, I arranged for his whole family to come and visit us at the airport one Saturday. I went in and after three hours of walking and talking and looking at aeroplanes, his family went on their first holiday abroad. And young Scott also started to pick up at school and growing confidence as a young person. I still receive letters from Scott telling me how he's getting on at school. That's why for me, Stansted is more than a job. It's a family. And like all families, it needs to grow to be able to give back to the country, the community, and the people that make Stansted Airport great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr Banks. Our next speaker is Joanne Kitteridge. Good afternoon. 
Good afternoon. As a resident of Cambridgeshire and an employee of Stansted Airport, I felt strongly that I needed to express my support for the planning application. All my family live in the Uttlesford district and I lived in Bishop Stortford for approximately 18 years before moving to live in Cambridgeshire. I'm on the outskirts of Cambridge, not far from Linton Zoo. In that time, I've had many lodgers staying with me, including Cambridge University students. They've stayed with myself and my family. Students, as we know, usually tend to live on a tight budget. And with their love for travel, Stansted opened the opportunity to travel to many of the places that the airport fly to. With Ryanair and EasyJet, flights offered at a low budget price. It was extremely inviting and offered them many opportunities. I have enjoyed many evenings in the kitchen, chatting over a cup of tea or a glass of wine, listening to their many adventures, adventures from Ibiza to Krakow. The train or bus service directly into the airport from Cambridge made it even more accessible. May I stress, however, that although I have mentioned that students, my family and friends of all ages, travel regularly in and out of Stansted, and we are all extremely excited that a growing Stansted will give us the opportunity to explore more destinations from our local airport. With Long Hall having been added to that equation, which is a wonderful thought. I have owned property abroad and Stansted and its airlines has given me and my family and friends the opportunity to regularly visit as often as finances allowed, which with the budget airlines was a lot more than we first thought. The second point I'd like to make, having worked at the airport for six, six or now seven years in many different roles, the opportunity the airport can offer to all generations regarding employment is second to none within the employment spectrum. The airport bug, as we call it in my family, seems to get passed down through family and generations. One of my three-year-old's grandson's first word was Jet 2. He loves watching the aircraft, and the thought that maybe one day he will work within the aviation industry is an extremely satisfying thought. We can't wait for him to experience the adventures that the Aerozone offers. The community has offered the Aerozone community has offered to so many children from local and surrounding schools since it opened. I've had several members of my family working at the airport over the years and all speak highly of the opportunities, training and prospects that are on offer. I can remember in my early 20s visiting Enterprise House for a job fair and knew that sometime in my future I would work there. It may have been many jobs and two children later, that I joined the airport, but I can honestly say that I left the best till last. I feel so proud to be part of London Stansted Airport community and look forward for the next chapter to unfold. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you very much. <coughs> Excuse me. Our next speaker is Alex Smith. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. My name's Alex Smith. I'm speaking today in support of Stansted's application. I've lived in Saffron Walden now for nearly five years and worked at Stansted since June 2018. When my husband and I first looked at moving to the area, the fact that Stansted was close by was definitely a tick in the pro column. I had fond memories of Stansted from when my now husband surprised me with a trip to Rome for my 21st birthday. I was excited by the prospect of having so many new destinations on my doorstep, and Stansted has certainly allowed me to explore. 
Mexico for my honeymoon, Dublin to visit my granddad's hometown as he turned 80, and revisiting Corfu where my husband and I went on our first holiday together. I personally have always had a good experience when travelling through Stansted with polite staff, only of a minor weight, and I'm rather put out now travelling all the way to Heathrow or Gatwick if Stansted is not available. I was so excited to see a role for me at Stansted when I was looking for a career change. As a school librarian with an English degree, it was a bit unexpected, but once I saw the post, I knew Stansted was somewhere I would really enjoy working. Luckily for me, I was appointed, and since day one, I have been proven right. The airport is a fantastic place to work, and I can honestly say that I have never worked somewhere so interesting and with so many different opportunities available for all staff. I struggle to think of a time when I've heard anyone at the airport say that they do not really enjoy their job. I'm looking in my role as I work for part of Stansted's community team. I get to see firsthand how thoughts of the local community are gold and red running through any decisions made, and we have a long-term CSR strategy to ensure we're supporting our local communities in a myriad of ways. My role at the airport is to run the Aerozone, which is Stansted's on-site education centre, although not to be confused with Stansted Airport College. The Aerozone has been running for over four years and hosts school visits for learners aged 4 to 18 plus, allowing students to learn more about the airport and the aviation industry. Since opening, we've had more than 16,000 students visit the Aerozone and it has been free of charge for every single school. The Aerozone is an incredibly popular resource for schools currently, with only limited dates available for the next four months. Each visit to the Aerozone is supported by colleagues from around the airport who volunteer to give up their tea breaks, their lunch times, or even their days off to talk to the students about what they do, answer questions, and provide career inspiration. Without the Aerozone, nearly 17,000 students may not have been able to speak to pilots, police officers, cabin crew, rangers, air traffic controllers, firefighters, security officers, and more. And those students may not have had the same career aspirations that they do now. The adults remark at the quality of the visit. On several occasions, I've been told it's their best school trip ever. And they are astounded that it's a free facility, with many saying they'd have gladly paid for such an impressive visit. But the Aerozone is not about making money. It's a manifestation of Stansted's commitment to using our resources to enhance the educational and longer-term career opportunities for local young people. The airport truly is committed to making sure that the future generations know there are opportunities available to them locally. Granting the planning application would provide us with even more scope to improve the Aerozone facilities and expand the opportunities we can provide. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Nick Miller. Good afternoon, Mr Miller. Good afternoon, Councillor. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk this afternoon. Um, I'm a local resident. I live in a village called Elsenham and have done for the last 25 years. Prior to that, I lived in Saffron Walden. I, uh, I've worked at uh, Stansted Airport for the last 30 years, uh, or coming up for 30 years, uh, from since 1990, and I've undertaken several roles uh, at the airport for both the airport and for some of the service providers on the airport. I currently work for the airport. Uh, I'm the, I look after the operations environment and have 400 colleagues that work in my team. Now, what the airport has provided for me over many, many years is an opportunity to undertake roles that I didn't think would be available to me, 
um, and just push and stretch myself to do things that uh, I thought were, would, would be beyond me. So from an opportunity perspective, Stansted has, has been amazing to me. What does that mean to me? Well, what it means to me as a local resident growing up in and working as a teenager or as a, a, in my 20s and the 90s and the noughties, it gave me the opportunity to stay in the villages and, and the towns that I grew up in and wanted to live in. So I was able to carve out a career and stay within the local communities as opposed to move out. Um, what does that mean? Well, that means for me that now I'm a father of three children and my children live in Elsenham with me still. They're young teenagers. They went to the same schools as I did. They had the same opportunities as I did. And I want to ensure, in support of this application, that my children have the opportunities that I was afforded uh, as I left school and went into college to be able to work in aviation. I also have uh, my father runs a fabrication company in Bishop Storford. Um, that company he has run for the last 30 years, and I've seen how difficult it was for my father in the early days to keep that local business going. Um, Part of his portfolio of his business now is to operate and support Stansted Airport uh, in, in looking after certain assets and pieces of infrastructure on the airport. <coughs> My father now employs 20 people uh, who earn a living as a, as a contractor um, supported by Stansted Airport. My brother also works at the airport. He works in our security team and has done for the last 15 or 20 years. My, my other brother is now a, a, a director and a, a business partner of my father in the business that he owns. Working at Stansted, <clears throat> as my colleagues have previously said, uh, it is a fantastic community. Uh, I have, a, I have a, a huge amount of friends that I've worked with over the last 30 years and grown up with. Uh, <clears throat> and we, we, have, uh, we work very closely together, but also we, uh, we have uh, fantastic times together, holidays and trips and all that, those sorts of things. I've also seen the effort and the hard work my colleagues put in to make sure Stansted is one of the most efficient and customer service provisioned airports there are. It is a busy airport, I acknowledge that. But we make sure over the last 30 years I've been part of and see my colleagues trying to do the best for that airport to make it the most efficient, the most best, uh, best serviced airport there is in the London airports. And that, I see that continuing. And that goes for every aspect of the airport, whether it be the aircraft turnarounds to reduce noise, to improve the service, to improve our on-time performance, to make it uh, as least impactful as it can be on our local communities, knowing that it is a very busy hub. Um, and I've also seen the support my colleagues give to the local community in carrying out tasks and trips, gardening, cleaning, all those sorts of types of things because they feel passionately about what we do and how we do it. And, and I, um, I salute them for it. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk today. Thank you very much, Mr Miller. And the next speaker is Mark Lucas. Good afternoon, Chair. Good afternoon, Mr Lucas. Committee members, on behalf of the London Stansted Cambridge Consortium, the LSCC for short, I speak in support of the planning application by London Stansted Airport to increase its annual passenger cap. This support is a majority view based on consultation with the board and assumes that the airport is willing to meet the properly considered environmental and other relevant planning conditions applied by your council. The airport lies at the heart of the UK's innovation corridor, which links London and Cambridge and is home to over 2 million people and is the location of 4 million jobs. 
The consortium was formed in 2013 and brings together public and private organisations which have the shared aim of seeking economic growth, higher employment rates, um, and provide economic growth, higher employment rates, and providing places for people and business whilst preserving the quality and character of the corridor. Atlas for DC is a member of the LSCC but has not sought to influence the contents of this submission. Stansted Airport and its owners, the MAG Group, are key partners of the consortium because we have a common interest in the continued prosperity of North and East London and the Eastern region as a whole. The continued growth of the airport and its improved connections to Europe and the rest of the world are critical to achieving the collective ambition of the LSCC for the UK's innovation corridor to become one of the top five global knowledge regions by 2036. Therefore, in the opinion of the consortium, it is important that the airport has headroom to be able to grow its passenger throughput beyond the current limit of 35 million passengers per annum to best use of the single runway at 43 million PPA. The LSCC urges the airport to maintain and ideally improve the proportion of people accessing the airport using public transport and to continue its support for investment in the West Anglia Main Line, thereby increasing the proportion of people accessing the, import, the airport by rail. It is vital that the social and economic benefits associated with growth are balanced against any potential adverse environmental consequences. Of particular concern to local communities, of course, are issues relating to aircraft noise and air quality impacts. The consortium expects the District Council to examine the environmental impact assessment and to ensure that any potential negative impact is properly mitigated. The LSCC also looks to both parties to expedite discussions and negotiation of planning conditions and obligations in a positive and constructive manner. In this way, we can ensure that this vitally important economic asset can grow in an environmentally sustainable way to provide more jobs, better international connections and support economic growth in the region. Those conclude my remarks, Chair. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Mr Lucas. That um, concludes the morning's proceedings. Um, can I just remind all those who have spoken to please let Mr Ferguson have um, their notes. Um, we will reconvene at 2pm this afternoon. Thank you very much to all the speakers for speaking so eloquently this morning. Thank you. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Gentlemen, um, just before I start, um, there's a VW Golf with its lights on, registration number CD038RT. Um, you've left your lights on, so you might like to go and put them out so you can actually get out of here this afternoon. Um, no? Oh dear. So somebody else is going to have that unfortunate um, problem later on. Okay, thank you. Um, so welcome back this afternoon. I will have to go through um, some of the things I said this morning because there's obviously um, a great deal, new, a great deal number of new faces here this afternoon. So welcome everybody. Um, to this extraordinary meeting of the Planning Committee of Uttlesford District Council. This meeting is going to be held over two days, excuse me, um, and this is purely in order that we do not have to rush proceedings or have anyone working unhealthily long hours. So when we finish today, this meeting will be adjourned until next Friday and not closed. Um, some housekeeping, There's not, there will be no fire drills, so if there is a fire um, alarm goes off, please exit by the doors and go down the stairs into the car park and onto the grass. Um, if you could turn your phones off as well, please either turn them off or put them on to um, silence. Silent. Um, of course, the toilets are out of the door and onto your right. This session will now, we will not take a break this afternoon. And I envisage this session finishing just around four o'clock. Um, for, for the benefit of those who weren't here this morning, it was resolved on the 14th of November 
2018 to approve the planning application for development at Stansted Airports, subject to conditions and to the entering into of a legally compliant S106 agreement. The advice from officers as set out in the report is that the 2018 resolution remains a material consideration to which a great deal of weight should be attached. The report is accompanied by an amended S106 agreement signed by parties other than the Council. This includes some additional obligations compared to the versions of the agreement previously tabled. The text is included in the documents pack at page 17 onwards. The Council's officers and external legal advisers all consider that it complies with the relevant regulation. This is a mandatory requirement. It contains no less and no more than is necessary. Today the committee will be hearing from parish and town councils and from members of the public speaking as individuals or in behalf of companies. SSE are not among them and neither is the applicant. Speakers will be heard in the following order. Town and parish councils, objectors and supporters. The speakers have been advised to focus on the issues referred to the committee by the full council. What is said today is not being formally minuted, but is being recorded and written statements will be collected and will be, supplemental, and will be in a supplemental document pack next week. So please, when you've spoken before you leave, please will you make sure you leave your comments with Mr Ferguson. Thank you very much. So we'll go on to the first speaker now, and that is Julian Sem sorry, Sample, Julian Sample. Good afternoon, Mr. Sample. Just turn your microphone on, the button is in the middle. Am I on? Am I on? Thank you for providing me the opportunity to speak in support for London Stansted Airport's expansion plans. My name is Julian Sample and I'm a member of the executive team at Harlow College. Harlow College runs Stansted Airport College, which opened in September 2018, and the Stansted Airport Employment and Skills Academy. Between the colleges and the academy, we work with over 7,000 young people and adults a year, providing technical and academic education, apprenticeships and opportunities to progress into meaningful work or study. Since November 2018, we've continued to see more students register and an additional 450 have enrolled and are excited to start their career at the airport. As the only further education and organisation based in Uttlesford, we can see the real benefit that the proposed increase in passenger numbers will have to securing career opportunities and prosperous futures for both young people and adults. Essex County Council, the South East Local Enterprise Partnership and the UK Innovation Corridor all recognise the importance the airport plays to the local economy. As such, Harlow College formed a strategic partnership with the airport, working closely with them over the last six years in the planning, development and realisation of Stansted Airport College and supporting the Stansted Employment and Skills Academy. Throughout this period, we have seen firsthand how much the airport invests in local communities. The gift of land at the end of the runway to support college development provides our student with a clear line of sight to the workplace and as such they can see the breadth of opportunities provided for thousands of local people. We are proud to work strategically with London Stansted Airport and firmly believe that through our partnership and the airport's generous support for Stansted Airport College, hundreds of local young people and adults from across the district are now benefiting from the project. Much of the curriculum and associated future career pathways are in high-value industries which are of strategic importance to both the UK and Uttlesford's economy. 
These are in disciplines such as engineering and aviation operations. Experience has also shown us that such strong and far-reaching corporate social responsibility and support for education and training is not common amongst the business community. During my 17-year-long career within the education sector, I've personally never seen a business that is as proactive as London Stansted Airport in supporting people of all ages into education and employment. We are equally grateful to Uttlesford District Council for the support it provided in making Stansted Airport College a reality and enabling young people access to Uttlesford's first education organisation. This public-private partnership is genuinely unique and making a difference to people's economic futures. Through our community engagement regarding Stansted Airport College, we have noticed that much of the objection and hostility to the airport's growth plans is not consistent nor representative of the young people we engage with through both our colleges. Many of these young people and their parents are positive, inquisitive and keen to learn more about the career prospects that a thriving and growing airport can offer. Jessica from Saffron Walden, an adult learner studying performing engineering operations, says there are so many opportunities to progress with so many options to go down, supported by employers who inspire the next generation of aviation engineers. As a single mum, childcare is challenging. I live in Saffron Walden and my children go to school in Stansted. The college has offered me the chance to retrain in a field that I will be able to be employed in that is local. Any further, and my choice would have been different. Addy from Great Dunmo studies aviation operations. He says, I wanted to come to the college to train for cabin crew. I love it here. The course really interests me. We spend time learning what could happen in and around the airport and how to deal with different problems. I'm inspired daily. Stance the expansion will mean that there will be more opportunities for young people like me. As you can see, our students generally want to live and work in this area. They can see that the careers available to them at Stansted Airport will allow them to progress to access high-value jobs and, as such, they can afford to remain living locally rather than moving out of the area. We would therefore like to express our full support for Stansted Airport's plans and reinforce the positive impact this has on securing our students' futures. Thank you very much. <coughs> our next speaker is John Bridge. Mr. Bridge? No? Nicola Ward. Good afternoon, Ms. Ward. I would like to offer you my own thoughts on the proposed expansion of London Stansted Airport. I grew up with my parents and my brother in Bentfield Green, an area within Stansted Village. I am now married with two sons and live on the Forest Hall Park estate of Stansted, so just across the motorway from the runway and the airport itself. Personally, I think Stansted Mount Fitch is a lovely village to live in. Having grown up there, I've seen it, it grow itself. It's growing rapidly, as are many villages and towns in Uttersford and the area. Not many places can boast a windmill, a replica Mott and Bailey Castle with links to the Magna Carta, as well as a thriving international airport. At home, we are rarely, rarely disturbed by aircraft noise, and if we are, it's usually by a helicopter flying over, but they, go, they move on pretty quick. I love to travel. Why wouldn't people want to see what's beyond their back garden? My father was heavily involved in travel for around 30 years or so. Up until his recent retirement, he was a well-known figure at Stansted, having played a big part in changes in the airport and has participated in many external and internal committees. Having been lucky enough to fly overseas since the age of six months myself, I am sure my love of travel and flying comes from him and the opportunities given to me. If I am not travelling with my family, I do love to go away with a group of girlfriends. 
the destinations currently on offer from Stansted give a perfect chance to explore Europe without having to break the bank and, just as importantly, having to spend time travelling to airports further from home and fly from there. In my view, it is all about dreams. As a little girl myself, I dreamt of being an air hostess. The image portrayed in the 1980s of the glamorous crew jetting off around the globe is one that continues to stick in my mind. Being at an airport always, has always given me a buzz, even now when travelling or indeed even working. I have two sons who have also caught the bug for travel. I'll always remember my youngest, at about two years old, he's now 11, saying to me from his pushchair on the way to get his brother from school, I do that one day. When I asked him what he meant, he said, I fly aeroplanes and take people on holiday. That dream does continue, and after a recent trip to the Eurozone, where he was lucky enough to have a behind-the-scenes airside tour, he still believes one day he will be a pilot. He now wants to join the local Stansted-based Air Cadets once he's old enough to do so. Who knows, perhaps he will start his dream job flying from Stansted in the future. I started working at the airport back in 2014, after 20 or so years rushing about and commuting into London. It is so refreshing for me just being down the road from work. My current role at the airport is as the data analyst within the customer relations team. Whilst some people obviously get in touch with an inquiry or a complaint, we do get those who take the time to send through their thanks or compliments, refreshing this all-too-negative world. How can local people not think of the benefits of having a growing airport on their doorstep? East Anglia, Hearts, Essex and the surrounding areas wouldn't, in my own opinion, be as thriving as they are without the opportunities and jobs that it provides. Surely the overall benefits of growth of the airport and the increase in small and large businesses around our area outweigh those issues greatly. Yes, there are many things that need to happen to make this become a reality, but with the right backing and commitment, I believe this can be done so. It's certainly an exciting time for all, and I do hope my own personal comments go a little way to help London Stansted Airport grow and move forward with the times. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mrs Ward. Now, you'll um, forgive me, but I'm unsure whether this is a lady or a gentleman, so it's J.A. Devotee. Devotee, yes, sorry, devotee, sorry, I, okay, Mr. Sorry, Mr. Devotee, it only, it, only had your, it only had your initials, so I wasn't sure. Nice. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Madam Chairman. It's one of those names, I'm afraid. Um, may I use a few precious moments of my allocated time to congratulate the Council on this election victory? I'm sure everyone will agree that the electorate must be listened to. Everyone knows this application by Stansted Airport is premature because they still have not reached their present permitted capacity. You've seen the government figures and the statement that says the present capacity of the airport will not be reached to 2033. We have all seen the dramatic change in awareness of global warming from the royal family, film stars, pop groups, top scientists and big corporations. Sir David Attenborough yesterday stated that we must act now and stop the increase in pollution of our planet. The general public are now recognising this grave concern for their carbon footprint that is contributing to climate change by the aviation industry. These changes and a shift in public opinion mean that this application to expand to 43 million passengers may never now be needed. This council can justify its refusal of this application. 
Policy S4, standard airport boundary. This gives a de facto monopoly on all car parking, the setting down of vehicles, including buses, taxi, concessions, hotels, etc. And I believe this monopoly is driving the force of this application, as it can be seen that if you increase demand from the above, you're increasing the revenue of the airport operation. If, and I mean if, if planning consent is given to this monopoly, we should be reviewing. If the, this council has the right to review 106 agreements, as a great care must be taken into the cost of these huge developments, that the taxpayer has to endure to provide the infrastructure for this application. We all know the failings of this country in providing the infrastructure years after we endured the problems and pain that we are creating today. If this application, I'm sure, if the applicants are, are sure that this needs to expand Stansted Airport, then they would be willing to provide all the necessary infrastructure before we suffer the intrusions into our daily lives. I believe Stansted Airport presented, uh, present present proposal 106 agreements are grossly inadequate in the scope of sound insulation, roads, rail, which we all must be revisited if this application is to progress, if at all. I'm sure everyone will agree that this council has to be bold as nobody remembers mediocre, bland planning decisions. But what is needed is the courage to say no. Tell the country no. Tell these people around the world who are suffering the devastation from climate change that you have had the courage to say no. No to more increasing pollution, no more damage in our environment. Even the top scientists agree and say no. No saddling the taxpayer for the enjoyment and profits of a rich corporation. I have held the office of mayor, district council and town council and know the dedicated work you and your officers give to our community, which I thank you on their behalf. In closing, I'd like to say thank you to you all and have the courage to say no. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much, Mr Devoti. Thank you. Our next speaker is James Sloan. Good afternoon, Mr Sloan. Good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me to present today. My name is James Sloan and I am here on behalf of the Confederation of British Industry representing businesses in the East of England region. The CBI speaks on behalf of 190,000 businesses of all sizes and sectors who together employ nearly 7 million people, about one-third of the private sector employees in the United Kingdom. It is clear from our members in this region and elsewhere that the business community support the plans to allow increased passenger numbers for Stansted Airport. These plans are good for business in this region and critical as Britain exits the European Union and looks globally for new trade opportunities. The airport is continuing to expand to destinations that will help support these new opportunities, including Washington, Toronto, Dubai, and within the next few weeks, Mumbai too. The expansion plans will allow for this region to build upon its ties with the rest of the world, and this in turn will enhance the attractiveness for businesses, businesses looking to invest in this part of the country. With the airport promising to invest £35 million over the coming years, these plans will only add to the attractiveness and encourage business investment in this region. 
Our members have welcomed the outreach opportunities that have arisen from initiatives led by the airport, including the annual Meet the Buyers events, which have helped generate £24 million for businesses in this area over the past nine years or so. In addition to this, the airport is a significant local employer offering a number of opportunities. At present, there are around 12,000 people currently working at the airport, and the plans put forward would see this number rise by a further 5,000, a not insignificant number. The airport has a strong commitment to scaling up the workforce again in this area, and it's welcome that at the moment 5,000 school children take part in the Aerozone, encouraging young people to choose a career in the industry, and alongside the work of Stansted Airport College, which has a key partnership between industry and education. We are conscious of the environmental impact, but we welcome the positive news that the airport has zero breaches in air quality. In addition to this, the aviation industry is already taking steps to ensure the sector is net zero carbon by 2050, meeting the government's deadline. And a number of airlines are already developing alternative fuels and flying methods to support this. Alongside this, a higher proportion of passengers arrive at Stansted Airport using public transport methods compared to other airports. This is also welcome news. We make this representation today on behalf of businesses in the East of England and support the proposal to ensure this part of the country, this part of the East of England, can continue to attract investment and talent to support and boost the economic opportunities for years to come. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Sloan. Our next speaker is Andrew Brambridge. Good afternoon, Mr. Brambridge. Good afternoon, thank you. Uh, my name is Andrew Bramage. I work for Harlow Council, where I'm the head of environment and planning. Um, but from 2013 to 19, I've also been the council's project director for the Harlow Enterprise Zone, and I'm speaking here on behalf of the board of the Enterprise Zone, which is a business-led organisation, but also comprises a wide range of representatives from both the public and private sectors in the Harlow area. Its purpose is to promote and oversee the development of the Enterprise Zone as well as wider economic development activities in, in Harlow. The Board would wish to express its support for the planning application submitted by Stansted Airport to increase its cap on passenger numbers. The Harlow Enterprise Zone comprises more than 70 acres of new development focused on the life sciences, information technology and a range of other high technology activities across two main sites, Keogh Park and the new Harlow Science Park. Keogh Park is already home to some major multinational businesses with Raytheon, Arrow Electronics and Pearson all based there. Together they employ more than 1,100 people on the site with space for future expansion. Also, one of the largest data centre developments in the southeast of England is now underway there with the first building completed in 2018 and another quarter of a million square feet of space to be built in the next few years following major investment last year from Legal and General. Construction work also started in 2018 on the Harlow Science Park, with more work commencing next month. Over the next five to ten years, around 650,000 square feet of space will be developed, providing an additional 2,500 jobs across the 27-acre site. This is a critical part of Harlow's growth story, which also sees Public Health England relocating its headquarters and National Science Hub um, to Harlow from 2022, building up to 3,000 jobs by 2024. All this is supported by the Harlow and Gilson Garden Town development, which is forecast to deliver an additional 16,000 homes um, by 2033. The growth in employment opportunities at the airport 
will be important for the delivery of this growth. Whilst the town is doing a significant amount, as evidenced above, to increase its employment provision, the broader range of jobs available at the airport will enable the wider delivery of growth plans. We believe that the continued growth and success of the airport is important to support this economic and housing growth. The board of the Enterprise Zone has resolved that it is supportive of the growth of the airport and sees it as an important piece of infrastructure that will support the economic growth of the area. In this regard, we support the raising of the passenger cap. The expansion of the airport will enable a wider range of carriers and more long-haul flights, both of which are important to business growth in the region. The presence of a truly global airport with significant capacity will enable more international companies to locate in the region, creating wealth and jobs. This potential is a significant factor in the marketing and promotion of the Harlow Science Park in particular. I have personally spoken to several companies interested in locating in the, this area who have said that their primary motivation in choosing our location is its proximity to Stansted Airport. The ability of the airport to offer greater capacity can only serve to increase this. The development of a health and life sciences cluster just a few miles down the road at Harlow, spurred by the relocation of Public Health England, the development of a new hospital and the Enterprise Zone, provides a very significant opportunity that can be capitalised upon by Stansted Airport being used to its capacity. The wider region in which Harlow and Stansted lie at the centre, the London Stansted Cambridge Corridor, is one of the fastest growing regions in the UK, it has high productivity, population and employment growth in other parts of the country, and its recent growth commission identified an ambition to become one of the top global knowledge economies within the next 20 years. The continued growth of the airport into the long term will be an important factor in helping to realise this vision and the investment that will come with it. It is important that the longer term certainty is created through this planning application, which will in turn help us to attract the types of businesses to this region that will spur economic growth. In conclusion, we fully support the planning application as a key enabler of long-lasting economic growth. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Brambridge. Our next speaker is Sam Johnson. Good afternoon, Ms Johnson. Good afternoon. I'd like to talk to you about what Stansted Airport means to me and why I'm supporting the application for growth. My love affair with the airport started many years ago, and one of my earliest memories is the weekly family outing. Every Sunday, my dad used to take me, my mum and my brother to watch the planes take off. A man with a great work ethic, he worked in flight for 25 years, and now living in Little Hallenbury, where he can still be found with his nose to the sky, watching the aircraft take off, and explaining to my nephews the difference between a 737 and a 757, and that despite how they look in the sky, those tyres are actually bigger than the two of them on each other's shoulders. My parents divorced, but those visits as a family have always been one of my favourite memories. My dad would talk to me about the airport with such pride. It's such a great place to work, Sam. Get in there, my girl. So many opportunities for the taking. Things got trickier when it was just the three of us, and my mum sacrificed a lot to provide for us, and we did become a handful. I kept my head down and focused on my education, but my brother was not so fortunate. Never really one for studying. He fell into the wrong crowd and left school at 16 with no qualifications. Quickly realising he had no options, he made the most difficult decision to join the army. They promised him a family that would further his education, and whilst they did, and he has made some lifelong friends, he had to walk into a war zone to find his own opportunities because there was nothing here for him. I stayed on education and started at university. My last year meant a year in Spain. 
Being unable to afford this, I looked to the airport. And in 2005, I started as a security officer, whilst I put a bit of money beside um, to finish my studies. But as soon as I set foot in the terminal, I found a family at Stansted. Not work colleagues, but lifetime friends, and needless to say, I never left. The greatest thing about Stansted is the people. I can give you all the clichés, every day is different, the growth, the challenges, but it's absolutely the people that make it. I've worked, be that the people I've worked with, the people I've met, or all those love actually moments. I was also lucky enough to have some great mentors, managers and friends that saw potential in me and pushed me to do more. They gave me the confidence to aim a bit higher, and I've not only carved out a career at Stansted, but I've grown up there, truly shaping the woman I am today. It's not the money that drives me, but being able to provide for my family and give back to the community. I was so proud to be able to support my brother at his recent wedding with arrangements and secure my own home. My greatest mentor at Stansted once said that nothing is as rewarding as watching someone you have helped succeed, and he was 100% right. I've been very lucky and given so much support throughout my career by some great people and programmes. Fifteen years later, with a few more wrinkles, and I like to think a little bit wiser, I've been fortunate enough to be able to offer the same opportunities to others, internally and externally, supporting and coaching the future leaders of the airport, as well as take part in some amazing fundraising schemes. Stansted has offered me stability, a career and friends, and I can honestly believe that anyone would have been successful given the support that Stansted has offered. A whole new generation of successful men and women will pass through our airport, and I'm so looking forward to see how we can shape their careers and the lives of people in the area. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms Johnson. Um, our next speaker is David Birch. Good afternoon, Mr. Birch. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. My, my name's David Birch. I'm Director of Policy at uh, Essex Chambers of Commerce. Uh, we're a business membership organisation. We have around about 1,000 members of all shapes and sizes across the whole county. Um, one of our main members is uh, Manchester Airport Group in the shape of London Stansted Airport. We work with them on a regular basis. And we also have quite a number of other businesses who have based their operations in or around the airport. We spoke in favour of this application in November 2018, and nothing has happened since to change our mind. We remain fully supportive of it, as we believe it will bring real benefits to the economy of not just Uttlesford, but also Essex and the wider east of England and south east. The continued growth and success of London Stansted is important to the business of many of our members, not just in meeting demand for air travel and global connectivity, but also as a major employer and export gateway. The lifting of the passenger cap is all the more important given the aviation system in London and the South East is in need of additional runway capacity. If international trade, investment, tourism and economic productivity are to grow in the UK, we need to make full and efficient use of our airports. Stansted's growth is beneficial to businesses and consumers within the east of England, providing a gateway to the world. This is especially important as the UK prepares to leave the European Union and will be looking to develop those new trade links around the globe. We have members in the, in the chambers who currently have to travel to Heathrow or Gatwick to get flights to destinations outside Europe. But with the growing number of long-haul links and others planned for the future, Stansted is well-placed to be a crucial part of making it easier for them to access overseas markets. 
Although people think primarily of airports in terms of passengers, air freight is equally important and plays a critical role in supporting the continued growth of the UK's world-class industries. Ideally placed between London and Cambridge, the airport is a major part of the UK's innovation corridor and will increasingly offer opportunities for businesses in the important scientific and creative sectors to access markets around the world. It's already the largest single-site employment base in the east of England, with 12,000 people working there, half of whom live in Essex, and if this application is approved, would create 5,000 new jobs on the site. It will double the airport's economic contribution to £2 billion a year and improve passenger choice and convenience. As we've already heard, the airport is supporting development of appropriate skills in young people through the Aviation College in partnership with Harlow College. This demonstrates their commitment to supporting the local community. We believe it is crucial that London Standard is allowed to continue to grow in a sustainable way in order that people or in order to sorry, allow people, goods and services to enter and exit the country safely and efficiently. I understand the committee has again been re- recommended to approve this application by your officers. In their report, they state that there are no material considerations that would justify a different decision to that of the planning committee in November 2018. The airport is prepared to invest £35 million over the next eight years for the benefit of local residents and businesses. We don't believe that this is something that should be lightly rejected, given that government funding will not automatically be there to deliver the measures proposed by the airport. As we said in 2018, we see no reason to reject this application and we would urge you to accept your officer's recommendations and give approval to Sansa's application at your meeting on the 24th. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Birch. Our next speaker is Chris Hindle. Good afternoon, Mr. Hindle. Good afternoon, afternoon, everyone. My name is Chris Hindle. I'm Head of Strategy and Development, and I'm here today representing Dixon's Travel. Dixon's Travel is a long-standing partner of Stansted Airport, and we're here today to demonstrate our support for the airport's exciting expansion plans. Dixon's Travel has worked with Stansted for many years, providing jobs and job security for over 25 people at any given time and up to 40 people during periods when the airport is at its busiest. We recognise that the success of our business is intrinsically linked to the success of Stansted Airport. Growing airports, increased connectivity and access to low-cost travel is a fundamental driver in local and regional economies. Our customers consider airports an essential showroom for learning about and testing new and innovative digital and technological products. We know that many travellers look forward to going to an airport where they have spare time to spend browsing in our stores and touching our products, often for the very first time. It is part of their holiday journey and we recognise our part in this. We have recently committed our long-term future to Stansted Airport as we can see the benefits that their strategy for European and worldwide growth will bring to our business. And we know that they look to us to provide the exciting new experience we can bring to their guests. It is important to our business that the District Council approves this application to ensure the job security for our dedicated employees, all of whom live close by, the jobs that they in turn support within our head office function, and most importantly to ensure the great customer experience that visitors to London Stansted can enjoy for years to come. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Madison Broadbent. 
Hello, I'm here to read two statements on behalf of Turkish Airlines and the Union Unite. On behalf of Turkish Airlines, from Jalal Bekal, the General Manager in London. Dear Councillors, at Turkish Airlines, we serve more destinations than any other airline in the world with our high-tech, fuel-efficient planes. Given the economic vibrancy of the east of England and constraints and capacity at airports elsewhere in the southeast, we are very supportive of the growth potential that London Stansted has the ability to offer. Today, we fly to 126 countries from Istanbul with 351 aircraft and see the potential opportunity to grow with London Stansted. We urge you to support the airport's plans for sustainable growth to 43 million passengers a year, as this decision will give us clarity on how and when to continue to grow our network and offer direct services from the region to Turkey and beyond. As you will all no doubt be aware, increased connectivity in and out of airports has direct link to positive economic value creation in surrounding regions and also stimulates significant employment opportunities for local people. The second statement from UNITE is from Mark Barter, UNITE Regional Officer. Unite the Union represents more than 2,000 workers at Stansted Airport and fully support the expansion of the airport as a major employment generator. As the main union at Stansted, we are committed to working in partnership with Manchester Airports Group in supporting all future investment and growth. The continued growth and success of London Stansted is important to Unite, not just in meeting demand for air travel and global connectivity, but also as a major employer and export gateway. It is crucial that London Stansted is allowed to continue to grow sustainably in order to allow people, goods and services to enter and exit the country safely and efficiently, especially in a post-Brexit Britain. Unite is backing Stansted because it is good for the business, the wider regional economy and for the passengers. But most importantly, from a Unite perspective, it heralds strong growth in employment and secure jobs in the years ahead. The application demonstrates these can all be delivered in an environmentally sustainable way. Unite Deputy Regional Secretary Vince Passfield said, we need to look at Stansted's growth in the context of a joined-up airports policy for London and the South East. We urgently need the growth, or the country could lose out on European rivals in terms of international trade and tourism, both of which are vitally important to the local and regional economy. By working in partnership with UNITE, Manchester Airport Group will be able to deliver safer, better paid jobs and career prospects than employers who do not recognise trade unions, which in turn raises opportunities for people looking for work or seeking to change their job. As such, we believe that opportunities such as these don't come along often. We therefore need to really support Stansted and get planning permission done as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Broadbent. Our next speaker is Emily Ferris. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I am Community Relations Advisor at Stansted Airport and I'm speaking in support of the application. After finishing university, like most graduates, I was at a bit of a loss as to what I would do next. Living in a household with all family members working at Stansted meant that it was an environment that I couldn't avoid, but I'll admit at first I was naive to the huge range of jobs on offer and the various skills required by an airport. 
I joined the customer experience team in September 2018 and I started to get a real insight into the types of fantastic people who work at Stansted and the opportunities on offer. And as I'm sure happens to many others, I also found that working in the terminal gave me an infectious interest in the operations of an airport and the aviation industry. I was surprised at how quickly I learnt new skills and gained the confidence to apply for a new role, despite having no background in the field because of the supportive culture for young people looking to start their career that the airport encourages. But promoting from within and offering opportunity is something that Stansted does really well. And in July 2019, I progressed into the corporate affairs team and I look after a volunteering scheme that I'm incredibly proud to be part of. I get to see a side of the airport that isn't shouted about enough. We have colleagues who dedicate their time every week, whether that be on the weekend or in between shift work, to volunteer at local places that they are passionate about. And I know they make a real difference to those places that they support. A real privilege of my role is hearing about colleagues who contribute their own rest time to walking dogs for animal shelters, supporting vulnerable people in the community, donating and planting hundreds of bulbs at care homes, assisting with local rugby clubs and football clubs and scouts and guides, as well as much more. Our teams are also on hand for one-off activities to support local causes. In the past few months alone, teams have swapped their day jobs for a wide range of tasks, including repainting Ferrycroft Arts Centre in Saffron Walden, helping to restore areas of old woodland at Gardens of Eastern Lodge, repainting the small holding at County High School, looking after donkeys on a weekly basis at Bridge Meadows in Whittington, and our engineers are even currently planning how they can work together to build a polytunnel at the community allotment Human Roots in Stansted Mount Fitchett. At Christmas, teams came together from across the airport to contribute 20 boxes to Uttlesford Food Bank's reverse advent calendar. This connection with Uttlesford Food Bank is a regular commitment that is maintained by colleagues who deliver items that have been surrendered at security on a weekly basis in their own time. And this isn't just every now and again. I'm so encouraged by colleagues' commitment to activities like this, and every month teams can be seen in the community helping out where they're needed. To put this into perspective, in the last year, Stansted employees donated over 7,000 hours to the local community. And this is all made possible because Stansted Airport allows people to participate in volunteering projects during their working hours, with all colleagues being permitted two days leave a year to support local volunteering projects. My job allows me to work with fantastic local organisations such as Volunteer Uttlesford and CVSU, which are invaluable connections and means I can keep up to date with community initiatives in this area. Finally, working at the airport has benefited me in so many ways. As a place for young people to start their career, it's fantastic. I spent a lot of time applying for jobs after university, but it was the airport that I found to be the most welcoming and willing to train people getting started on the career ladder. Having close family members who live in Dunmo, Great Eastern, Saffron Warden and Thaxted, I'm particularly fond of Uttlesford and having a gateway to so many destinations on my doorstep is a real privilege. But what I see as most important is that the airport welcomes all types of skills from all types of people and for young people stepping into the world of work that is vital. The airport is a unique employment site because there is such a broad range of jobs on offer and I'm personally quite passionate about people from a range of backgrounds finding a place in which they can thrive and I see every day how the airport facilitates that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, next speaker is Stuart Moody. Good afternoon, Mr. Moody. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Stuart Moody. I'm the people lead at uh, London Stansted Airport. Thank you for your opportunity to speak today. 
I settled in a vibrant southeast over 10 years ago, having lived and worked at Stansted for over four years. Um, I'm proud to be raising a young family in the local community. In that time, my core focus is the development and the careers of our colleagues. I see the growth of London Stansted as key to securing the future for all our family, friends and neighbours, as well as our colleagues who are gainfully employed with over 200 businesses that operate across the airport. I see the continuous growth, which has been continuous since 2014, feeding a plethora of career opportunities for our local community. With three quarters of our colleagues and business partners living in this community, we are building for our friends and families careers in areas critical to the future growth, as we have already heard, in areas such as engineering, commercial management, business change, aviation operations, security IT, to name but a few. As we develop these opportunities, opportunities, we must consider new and innovative ways to attract the best possible talent for our community. So I'm delighted to have been working on trailblazing initiatives, initiatives such as the Airport College, the first of its kind in its country, as well as apprenticeship and graduate programmes, taking personal pride in seeing the internal growth of our colleagues. Successful planning application enables the airport to grow and widen the airline base. This growth plan will offer great opportunities to local businesses and its supply chain boosting local economies in ways as well as further employment opportunities for all. Developing and creating these jobs for the future of our community is at the heart of what I personally do every day. This is predicated on the positive economic growth. Thank you for listening. Personally, I see no reason why the previous application should be overturned, so I hopefully uh, successfully approve this application and I'm personally invested in committing in the development of clear, sustainable careers for all of our friends and families. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Moody. Our next speaker is Scott Barlow. Scott Barlow, yes. Good afternoon, Mr Barlow. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking Hello, my name is Scott Barlow and I've worked for World Duty Free at Stansted Airport for 15 years. My first experience at Stansted Airport was a young man when I first came here and I saw the Space Shuttle Enterprise. Never would have believed that years later I'd actually be working at the airport. I work for World Duty Free, which is the largest retail at Stansted Airport. It provides jobs for over 200 people. This can be split into three categories. Staff, consultants and agency staff. A majority of these live within 15 miles of the airport and come from areas like Bishop Stortford, Braintree, Hatfield, Broadwalk and Harlow. As well in giving jobs to the local community, the company has given many young people the first time employed the opportunity to work. And I'd like to give some examples. My two current team leaders, Charlotte and Julie, have both come through what is called a trainee leadership scheme. They have taken a year of their lives to go through this, this scheme and successfully completed it, become my leaders. I'm very proud of them. World Duty Free also has many family members working for them whom would not considered a job had it not been for them. I personally have seen many people develop with the business and move on to other jobs. My first manager was Andre Blackaby. I remember him telling me about his son, Matt. Matt worked for us years later and because of working through World Duty Free, now currently works for Furrow Rocher a job he had never considered. I've also had many colleagues who have actually gone on to further jobs in head office at World Duty Free. 
Rob, Becky, Mike and Tom, all now working for head office. Sorry, it's a young man now, George, he works for British Rail as a trainee. He would never have considered a job had it not been for working for World Duty Free. World Duty Free also help, I believe, in the local environment. We hold events like summer parties and Christmas parties, and a pub called the Free Horseshoes in Molehill Green has benefited from our benefited from them. So I really apologise. I'm, I'm not used to doing this. Okay. This must help the local economy, even if it's a small way. People, you know, people who travel from work from the airport must help the economy. I myself come from Gidea Park and would never have considered working at the airport at all. An increase in passenger numbers will give World Duty Free the opportunity to employ more people, and I'd imagine this also be true for the airport as well. In recommending this application, I take into account the environmental impacts and local community as well. But having said that, I believe the, the, these... I'm so sorry, I do apologise. I'm not used to this at all. No, I'm OK, thank you. Yeah, I, I believe that the more jobs offered here will come be a good thing for the local community and work at Oakley Town. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. No, you're fine. You're fine. Thank you. Next speaker is Edward Gildia. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Edward Gilday, Green Party and St Mary's Church eco-team leader. I apologise for the pronunciation. That's fine, it's Irish. Oh, well, I'm a Scot, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, David Attenborough warned that we can no longer delay taking urgent action to tackle global warming. The moment of crisis has come. We can no longer prevaricate. Governments have indeed been burying their heads in the sand, particularly those most wedded to conspicuous consumption and production of fossil fuels, and there is nothing more conspicuous than aviation. So it's in that context that councillors must judge the new material considerations and assess the report of your Director of Public Services. He makes no reference to the climate catastrophe that we face. The heads of terms of the Section 106 agreement may make absolutely no reference to CO2 emissions, which put public health, our economy, our businesses and all our futures at risk. The environmental statement apparently demonstrated that there would be negligible impact from the proposals. I guess Australia wasn't burning down then, because surely you couldn't now brush aside the risks, the massive risks, of continuing to pump increasing volumes of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. The statement also said that the sensitivity evidence does not suggest that there would be national consequences resulting from planning permission being issued. No national or international consequences 
when Heathrow, Gatwick, Lucan, Luton, City and even South End airports are all madly rushing to increase their share of an aviation free-for-all. I urge you to subject the environmental statement to rigorous analysis, follow the funding and scrutinise its scientific research base. Your officer's report says that the proposal is a sustainable form of development in line with the National Planning Policy Framework 2019. But paragraph 8 of that framework clearly sets environmental objectives to minimise pollution, mitigate climate change and move to a low carbon economy. Airport expansion is clearly not in line with that. He says that it is not open to a local authority to anticipate what national policy choices the government may or may not take. But this council would be anticipating government policy, whichever decision it made, anticipating a responsible policy if it refused the application or anticipating an irresponsible one if it allowed it. The report says that you are not obliged to embark on predictive judgments about the government's strategy of reaching net zero. But this means that you are perfectly free and would be wise to do so. Besides which, you would not be anticipating the government's Climate Change Committee recommendation that aviation emissions must be included in our strategy of reaching net zero by 2050. That is a very clear and material new consideration. Our government is under massive pressure to set a good example by the time it hosts COP26 in Glasgow and it is surely inconceivable that they would not adopt their Climate Change Committee recommendations. There are many more material considerations to consider. The World Health Authority guidelines, last year's IPCC report, the amendment to the Climate Change Act to reach net zero and our own climate emergency resolution. Meanwhile, the Section 106 mitigations are laughable. Air quality is only to be measured at Hatfield Forest and East End Wood, totally disregarding the effects of hum on human health. Above all, within days the High Court will issue its judgment on the Stop Standard Expansion case and the Government will publish its aviation white paper. This Council would look very foolish to grant permission now only to find that the law and history had headed in the opposite direction. The jobs, economy and lifestyles of the future I do have will to be ask you green. To close. Start growing them now. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Councillor Driscoll. Councillor Driscoll. I know we're slightly ahead of time. Thank you, Madam Chair and members of the committee for allowing me to speak. I'm not going to delve into material changes. I'll leave all them to the experts. <clears throat> I would, however, like to speak on figures relevant to the S106 agreement. Just to start off on reviewing the update schedule, January 2020, I see that contributions from the airport were requested, discussed, Four increase on five points, four of which were declined. The villages around the airport are suffering from the blight of fly parking. 
There is a sum of £200,000 stated in the document which has been added. The only financial increase that I can see from the original S106. Whereas I accept that the airport monitor fly parking, this is carried out by an automated system which although taking details does not explain that the system is for statistics only and not an action line. The residents are therefore not impressed as no action is taken and feel let down and not willing to use the system again considering it a waste of time. I believe that the £200,000 is to be spread over a period of 10 years. I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong. But if I am right, £20,000 per annum will not go far, thus costing UDC and the residents more money. This is just so as MAG can increase their profits. I believe that the fly parking is being caused by the high cost of parking at the airport, which is obviously to encourage people to arrive on public transport. Wrong. People may be arriving on public transport, but they have left their vehicles in locations where it costs them nothing and causes detriment to the character of Uttlesford and in most, if not all cases, inconvenience to the residents. In reverse of this, MAG are reducing car park tariffs for people commuting from the airport station and I believe this is up to 90%. One person over 48 weeks, that's allowing the 28 days holiday, will make up to 480 vehicle movements. If you multiply that by however many people actually do take this up, we could be talking of an extra 50,000 movements a year. Are MAG actually calculating these in their figures? I would also like now to ask a question on the SIG scheme, which most of all of my ward falls under. Looking at the pattern supplied, I am happy to see Little Hallingbury has been included for its primary school, healthcare centre, St Giles Church and the Village Hall. With Great Hallingbury, which is also actually nearer to the airport, having two buildings listed, the school and the church. There is no mention of Village Hall, which is practically on the flight path, with the noise I have experienced at parish council meetings being deafening at some moments. Whilst actually campaigning for election, speech had to be stopped about every two or three minutes if you were talking to a resident because the planes were coming in so low. So I feel that maybe MAG are being a little bit picky on who they want to give money to. With just those few points, there are many more, but as you are aware, I have a limited speaking period. I would suggest that at the planning permission meeting on the 24th, should you be of a mind to approve, please defer this decision until the decision of the SSE court proceedings have been announced. However, should you be of a mind to refuse, please do. Thank you for listening to my comments. Thank you very much, Councillor Driscoll. Our next speaker is Professor Anat Vala. Thank you very much, Professor.
Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I live in Henham and have been there for 54 years. Uh, aviation and health. A lot of the stuff we've been talking about is new, but I'm going to tell you about something which is old, which would bear in mind. In 1999, the World Health Organization produced a charter to which we signed us up as a country, which said the health of the community must come first when considering transport uh, uh, projects. We mustn't forget that. Uh, we also said, it was also said, that the polluter must be responsible for paying for the damage that occurs. We haven't done very well on that so far. Now, there are th three things I want to consider. Uh, one is noise, the other air pollution, and finally climate change. Aircraft noise, we've heard a lot from people today about the suffering they've had from aircraft noise. What is new, in fact, in the last few years is that noise causes cardiac damage. I won't go into the mechanisms, but people who live near or under flight paths suffer hypertension, coronary artery disease, uh, uh, and strokes. This has been shown in this country and various European centers. There, is a, there was a paper in the British Medical Journal, which I was involved, which was entitled Aviation and Health and Noise. But the British Medical Journal uh, uh, editors highlighted by saying the harms to health caused by aviation noise require urgent attention. There, just pass it around if you want, sorry. Um, now, uh, the mechanism by which this occurs, the cardiac damage, is similar to the cardiac damage which also occurs uh, with, uh, with, air, with pollution. And if you want to go into the details, uh, I would be pleased to do that at a later stage. Uh, now, can I move now to pollution? A lot of the information really is very new here. We scarcely heard about uh, 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 PM 2.5 uh, a few months ago. Now it's everywhere. Medical journals, scientific journals, the media, uh, uh, broadsheets, and so forth. What we know is that a lot of this, of course, uh, comes from uh, traffic. Uh, cars, lorries, buses. But we now know, in fact, that aircraft, which are landing and taking, uh, taking off, also create ultrafines. Actually, the ultrafines are slightly smaller than the ones, that, the 2.5s. And you can detect by very sensitive, complex methods uh, the ultrafines produced by these aircraft many miles away from the airport. Up to 14 miles, in fact, has been shown in Heathrow. Um, now, you can't see these ultrafines. They're about the size of a flu virus. You can't see a flu virus. When you've got it, you know it, okay? But the difference between the flu virus and these ultrafines is these ultrafines are transported around the body, right? Translocated, the heart, the central nervous system, the placenta. And that's why we have small for date babies, in fact, underweight babies as a result of this. Um, uh, now... Uh, the airport is currently responsible for an annual emissions of about 10.9 tons of PM 2.5. That's a hell of a lot, right? Um, uh, road traffic as well as aviation. And if the increase is agreed, then this will go up by 25%, and that's a lot. Now, there's no safe limit for PM 20, uh, 2.5. Uh, uh, we now know it's much more harmful than we thought. Um, uh, it's located in different organs. The heart, yes, I think uh, that's generally agreed by those involved in research. Um, a presenter I've mentioned, 
The central nervous system is now coming under scrutiny and people are looking at dementia, Parkinson's disease, brain tumours. Those are multifactorial, okay? I'm not saying that PM25 is wrong to all of them, but it could be a major contributing factor if other, other things are, are, are happening. Now, finally... Climate change. Not much time for that, is it? Oh, well, so I'm sorry, Professor. I'm, much as you are a very interesting man to listen to, but I'm very sorry. I'm going to have to ask yes. you to draw... T- One final thing. You've yes. got to do your stuff, OK? Get that message on board, right? And remember... <laughs> remember the WHO. Yes, yes. Okay. Professor. Um, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Freeman, we can't take that just now. But perhaps, Professor... Professor... You could perhaps put that in. Can he with the? You can put that in yes. to Mr. Ferguson with with your notes. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, the next speaker is. Uh, if I get this the surname wrong, I put pronunciation of this one wrong. Michael Belcher or Belker. Michael Belcher. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. My name is Michael Belcher and I live in Burton End, Stansted, just a field away from the airport. This committee has not been told the truth about government policy or about the real purpose for the new taxiways and aircraft stands included in the planning application. Members of the committee should be aware that current policy absolutely does not provide any support whatsoever for building additional airfield infrastructure in order to increase capacity. The policy supports making best use of existing runways by lifting the constraints imposed through caps on numbers of flights and passengers. The officer's report does not make this crucial distinction clear, and instead they have imported their own ideas and interpretation of government policy, which is not the job of a local planning authority. It cannot be true that the purpose of the new taxiways and aircraft stands is to enable combined airfield operations of 274,000 aircraft movements, as stated. The reason this cannot be true is that the airport told the public inquiry in 2007 that no additional physical development was needed to handle 274,000 flights. These statements cannot both be true. It is unlikely that the airport lied at the public inquiry. Therefore, the only conclusion you can draw is that the airport is being economical with the truth in its current planning application. You should be asking questions about the real purpose of the new taxiways and aircraft stands. And when you get the answers, please tell us the local residents. It is also categorically not true, as stated in the officer's report, that the new taxiways and aircraft stands are already approved under existing permissions. You can check this for yourselves by comparing the airport layout plans in the 1998, 2001 and 2006 planning applications, as I have done. Whilst comparing these plans and the related permissions, 
you may be interested to discover that some key elements of airfield infrastructure have been built in the period between 1999 and 2007 without any detailed planning permission. Your planning officers are aware of this fact, which was drawn to their attention last August. This is relevant in the context of the current application because access to the new Yankee aircraft stands applied for is from a section of Juliet taxiway for which no detailed planning permission has been identified. I will conclude by simply urging members of the committee to get at the truth by asking more questions about the proposals for new taxiways and aircraft stands. And when you get some answers, please share them with us. Thank you for the opportunity of speaking. Thank you very much, Mr Belcher. Our next speaker is Councillor Dean. Good afternoon, Councillor Dean. Good afternoon, Chairman, and good afternoon, Committee. Um, my name is Alan Dean, and I've been around on this council since the days of 8 million passengers per annum. Firstly, I feel obliged to say that the way in which the Uttlesford District Council's Planning Committee conducts and accounts for itself in public is crucial. The former committee's meeting 14 months ago on this same application was a disgrace. It was conducted in a way that left the public believing that the decision to approve was rigged. A majority of the committee sat in silence or near silence throughout the meeting. They failed to justify their vote for approval. I raised a question about airport infrastructure, as it so happens, the point that's just been mentioned by Mr. Belcher. I was promised by the then chairman that the issue would be addressed later in that meeting, that answers would be given. No answers were ever given. The matter was ignored. The chairman seemed so eager to get home by tea time that he forced through a vote prematurely, leaving challenges and questions, and many challenges and questions unanswered. The committee left all members of the public aghast. And now, Fourteen months later, we are here again with a new and hopefully better uh, committee in better shape. I wish to implore the committee and its supporting officers to conduct this continuing important business rigorously, transparently, and in a professional way. I will be personally angry if matters raised by consultees are ignored. All questions and challenges must be addressed in a respectful and thorough manner. I would like to be assured that someone on the top table is logging issues that are raised today. The public must be able to see that democracy is being done, that there is some clear rationale for why decisions are reached, whatever those decisions may be. Do not be ruled by the clock. My second point is that this council has a responsibility to have regard to the negative impact of, that aviation has. It matters not whether aviation emissions are produced in the vicinity of Stansted, England, close to Dubai International Airport, or at points between the two. 
all carbon emissions contribute to escalating climate change. I recently went with my wife to Amsterdam by train by direct Eurostar. I enjoyed a nighttime canal boat trip to see their winter festival of light. What struck me most were several illuminated displays depicting roadwork signs and motor vehicles half submerged in the canal. There was a glowing model of city centre tower blocks partially submerged in the canal's cold waters. The message? This could happen if we don't act. In this country, we appear to have a government that this very week is bailing out a failing airline with subsidies and with tax breaks from the very tax that is meant to help to restrain the public's demand for aviation and to encourage us to use the train more and the plane less. I sympathise with the planning committee's dilemma. Your officers are telling you that you can pay no regard to aviation carbon emissions that are helping to destroy the planet, its human life, its wildlife and its plant life. Why are your advisers telling you this? Because central government at Westminster is supposed to have all the answers to sort out all the necessary carbon reduction objectives. Yet this week, Her Majesty's government is doing precisely the opposite. This council has voted twice to take action to promote action by others to address the climate emergency. So the planning committee finds itself in the jaws of a moral and practical dilemma. It is up against insincere and apparently hypocritical central government that both dithers and then acts in the opposite direction from that needed. I hope that officers, but especially committee members, will next week discuss this matter thoroughly in public so to satisfy local people that they are doing the right thing for the climate emergency. Please, excuse me. Please, I, do not be ruled by the clock. <laughs> <laughs> right, and there we are. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Can't thank you yes. very much, Councillor Dean. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I'd just like to correct uh, <coughs> what was alleged uh, by the last speaker. Uh, I sat on that committee that made the decision. I think there's two others of us here that did as well. Three. 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 Sorry, three, three others. Three others? No, four. four. Oh, quite a number of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way it works on representational democracies, you don't have to justify the way you vote. You just vote. That's what you do. And nobody asked me to justify, and if they asked, I would have been happy to do so. Why I voted the way I did, I, th I voted against it, I think most of us here did. You know? But that's the way of it. It's not something you call over afterwards and say, oh, you, know, you did wrong and you didn't justify it. It's not the way it works. You work on the basis of the evidence presented and the rules at the time, and then you judge according to your conscience. No, we're not going to have a discussion. I think that's just, that's just a point made. Very Can I just Very make quickly. a point that personal insults do no good to anybody and to say that we were clock-watching I think is a personal insult and I'd rather it stopped. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Um, our next speaker is 
Louise Yellowlees. Can I stand? Of course you can, if you like, if you're more comfortable. Okay, so hello, just can, sorry, just, wait, just wanted to set the yeah, clock set for the you so that we're giving you all the time. <laughs> no, just... <laughs> you, have to be, you have to stand near there. Or you could pick it up if you like. Just see how you go with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, hello, everyone. My name's Louise. I'm from Saffron World in Action on Climate Change, SWAC for short. I just want to jump straight in and talk about the decision that you're going to have to make in the context of a climate emergency Now, I know you've heard a lot today about that, and you've heard a lot about Australia, the fires, the heat, the drought. Um, You've probably heard about Indonesia, the floods, Bangladesh, the floods, Britain, the floods, uh, Whaley Bridge, the dam nearly burst. All of these things, I could go on forever. There's so much happening. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the predictions that scientists are making about the pretty near future. We're talking about 25 years. So we're going to start running out of fresh water. Two-thirds of the population, of the world's population, global, are not going to have access to fresh water. And if we're running out of water, that means we're running out of food because it's going to be really hot. We're not going to have any way of you know, watering our crops. We're not going to have enough food. If we don't have enough food, and also on top of that, we're not going to have enough food, sea levels are rising, so we're going to have less land. And on top of all of that lovely stuff, there's going to be 2.8 billion more people predicted to be on this planet in the next 25 to 30 years. So that's less water, less food, less land, and 2.8 billion more people. And if that doesn't you know, put the fear in you, I don't know what does. So, sorry, I've lost my place. (laughs) Okay, so some of you might be thinking, you know, the the reason you might decide to go ahead with this is because, you know, a couple of thousand more passengers, a couple of thousand more flights. In the grand scheme of things, you know, with all, you know, we've got America, they're massive global um, carbon dioxide emitters, all of this, you know, it doesn't really mean much. But that's like telling me and everybody that I represent from SWAC and all the people in the world that are trying to make a difference that everything that I'm doing is completely and utterly irrelevant and kind of not worth doing. And that's completely wrong because we are all making a massive effort to make a difference and everybody and every single action that anyone takes makes a difference because it changes your mindset, it changes the way you think about stuff, it changes the way you vote, massively important, and it also changes the people around you. All the things that I have done have filtered out to the people that I know and they've made changes. Then all the people that they know, they've made changes and it goes on and on, it's this ripple effect. And the decision that you make next Friday... Is going to, whichever way you go, it's going to have a massive, huge ripple effect. It matters. And so what we're asking you to do, everyone from SWAC, who I'm talking for, and probably all the young people in the world and all the people who want to live on past the next 25 years, is be brave. Just be brave and make the decision that you know to be the right decision for the future of all life on Earth and the whole planet. Because if you can say no to this... There's a lot of other airports wanting to expand. And if you can say no, you're going to inspire other people that there is actually an option. There is another option. We can say no. Someone's done it. And I'd be so proud to live in the borough, the district, that was the first one to say no and stop us careering off the edge of a massive cliff and for us all to just stop and take stock and actually decide, no, we don't want to do that. We're actually going to go over here in this direction. So I just want you, we all just want you to be brave. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next speaker is Raymond Beverly.
Thank you, Madam good Chairman. Oh, good afternoon, Councilors. Mr. Beverley. Um, my name is Raymond Beverley. Sorry, I can't say. My name is Raymond Beverley. Uh, I live in Mulberry Dells, a uh, historic Iron Age fault and national monument. Um, I've changed my notes so many times because everybody said everything, basically. We've heard some wonderful speeches from very eloquent people, very clever, much more intelligent than me. And we've also heard speeches from the support of the application as well. What I noted from their comments, not one of them mentioned what the whole discussion is about, about planet Earth, just about success and going forward. Well, they are successful. We're not trying to put them out of work. They're working and they're, they're doing very well. I'm pleased from, for them. I've come from that area. But why do we need to make this decision now? There is no need. You have time. You can be given time to do this. At the end of the day, we know how long. There are 28 million last year. Now, um, the airport issues, stats and figures, which I don't quite believe, and quite honestly, most of the stuff they've issued is not believable. I, intend to, I, I tend to believe stop stance at expansion. Why? Because I am 950 feet below the approach path when the jets come in every two minutes in the rush hour. I look at my grandchildren, my kids on our ground, and that ground represents about 80 acres of private land because it's a historic monument. And we have dogs that are sick because they're drinking water, um, which is tainted with clearly seen kerosene or aviation fuel. Um, peace and quiet, jets every two minutes. Can we hold a conversation? Not at all. And I can assure you now, with all this, if you were trying to have that conversation where I live, you couldn't have it. It's impossible. So who do we believe? Who do we believe? Uh, I'm pleased for the people that are doing well. I had a business once. I'm retired now. I'm pleased for you all. I want you to do well. We're not putting you out of business. You're doing very well on 28 million. So what's the problem? Where, why can't you be patient? So I can't, I can't read these stats or figures. You're far more intelligent than me. I'm just a normal guy. But I can tell you this. I'd like to ask all those, the, the planning officers, you councillors, the executives of STAL, the main executives, the management team, I'd like to ask the companies who are successful running their businesses through Stansted. I'd like to ask, um, I've lost my place now, here we go. I'd like to ask the Stansted's PR gurus. I'd like to ask their lawyers, have any of you bought property underneath the flight path in the last 19 years, or would you attempt to? We all know the answer to that, don't we? Yes, you can be in a village maybe mm, 10 miles away, not quite the same as where we are. When they take off one of the three flight paths, it's totally over our properties. Yes, my neighbour and I both had cancer. We keep getting checked up. What does that tell? Not a lot. All I want to say is that uh, I want you to consider this seriously. It's not about business development. It's about planet Earth. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Beverley. Our next speaker is Mike Fairchild. Mike Fairchild?
Good afternoon, Mr. Fairchild. Yes, hello, my name is uh, Mike Fairchild. Um, I live in, in Debden, so I'm a local resident, and more importantly, I'm a father, a grandfather, and a great-grandfather. Councillors, it's uh, gone half past three. You've been very patient listening uh, for the last five hours or so, and uh, I have to say, I think you look still quite alert. That's, 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 dis that's despite the fact that you've had more vital statistics paraded in front of you than you'd see on an episode of Love Island. But to be serious, you've already heard references to David Attenborough's comments on TV when he made his most urgent call to all of us and to government to act now to address the crisis of climate change. He said, um, as a speaker reminded us this morning, Australia is on fire. Climate change, he said, is now a matter of life and death. And that's what's changed since we were last here discussing this topic. Awareness of just how serious climate change has become. The fastest growing source of CO2 that causes climate change is aviation emissions. The British Heart Foundation said... 40 people, 40 people a day die from diseases caused by air pollution. More infrastructure that would come with an Airport 106 agreement means more cars and more pollution. The dilemma about climate change and its consequences is that the, is the scale of the problem. It's so vast and it touches so many aspects of our lives that it leaves us saying, what can I actually do about it? Recycling rubbish, switching your engine off when you're in a traffic jam, they're important, but they won't really make a lot of difference in the scale of things. As we've been reminded today, Uttlesford declared a climate emergency and committed to make this authority carbon neutral by 2030. One hour ago, Glasgow announced it will match your goal. My question is this, how can this council even consider allowing Stansted to expand in the face of that commitment and its consequences for climate change. Why the Nike boot? To borrow an advertising slogan from Nike, which really did make a difference to the brand, you know what you have to do. Next Friday, please, as Nike would say, rise to the challenge and just do it. Thank you very much, Mr. Fairchild. Um, our next speaker is Councillor Taylor. It says parish. Are you speaking on behalf of I'm parish? Your kids? Are you? Oh, sorry. So I'm speaking on behalf of myself. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. Right. Okay. Because it's got parish and it's got no, Councillor Taylor. No. So, no. 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 Okay. Uh, good afternoon, Madam Chairman, members of the Planning Committee and members of the public. I should declare that I am a member of Stop Stansted's Expansion, and I'm, but I'm primarily asking to speak as a District Councillor for Thaxted and the Easterns, in answer to your question, but also as a GP who has worked in Uttlesford for 34 years 
and looked after many patients during this time, some of whom I appreciate have employment at the airport. I understand that we are considering changes that have occurred since November 2018, which may affect the planning decisions made at that time and the appropriateness of the Section 106. I only wish to consider factors which affect the health and well-being of our residents, which may be adversely affected by increased numbers of passengers using Stansted Airport. As a practising doctor, I am very used to using medical evidence to base decisions, and I'm sure the committee will be very aware how important this is. As a relatively new councillor, I'm interested in how such important evidence is used in decision-making outside the medical profession. I realise that some of the guidelines and papers that I will present have already been discussed, but I make no apology for doing so, um, as, and I urge the committee to see the importance of the medical consequences of the proposed increase in activity at Stansted Airport. I would first like to consider the impact of noise on our residents. Very important guidelines were issued by the World Health Organization, the WHO, in October 2018. In other words, just before the decision was made about airport expansion to 43 million passengers a year. This may therefore have been available to the committee at that time. But like many pieces of information, this would not have filtered down either to the general public or indeed the medical profession, and certainly not into policy... And I believe that this has not yet happened in the case, this case, into UK central government policy. The guidelines looked at the impact on people's health of both night flights and daytime flying and gathered evidence from worldwide studies which showed that there was an increase, as we have already heard, in ischemic heart disease, stroke, hypertension, cognitive impairment and other medical conditions, which was significantly uh, powerful for the advice of the WHO that noise levels in both daytime and nighttime flying should be significantly reduced. There does not appear to be data about the frequency of these episodes of noise. One can only suppose that the more episodes that there are, the more harm will be done. Secondly, I would like to review recent data which was being gathered and published this year, and in particular mentioned a study published in November 2019 and read by myself in the British Medical Journey at, Journal at that time. This is a powerful um, study which shows that medical effects of short-term high levels of particulates, in particular PM2.5 and of nitrous oxide. The investigators looked at the hospital emissions on days when these levels of the substances were being recorded, um, and these high levels were actually below the WH air quality guidelines for 24-hour exposure to PM2.5, and they showed that there were a very wide increase in many conditions, uh, unsurprisingly cardiovascular disease and respiratory disease, but also conditions not previously studied, such as Parkinson's disease, diabetes, thromboembolism, and particularly, topically, sepsis. Um, these were days when high levels of pollutants had been recorded, for the conditions which have been rarely studied, it was shown that for each one microgram per cubic metre of PM2s was associated with a staggering 2,050 annual hospital admissions. For conditions which, with a known association, such as cardiovascular disease and stroke, the figure was 3,642 admissions. This is very interesting data, 
and uh, important because most of the data which has previously been collected had looked at levels of pollutants over long periods of time, uh, i.e. background levels, not peak concentrations. Um, I can see I'm running out of time, but what I wanted to say is that clearly that this is going to be pertinent with an increase in passenger numbers, 50% of which will use um, their own transport. Also, I want to mention that these levels can that um, you can get in a process called inversion, which increases the levels on certain days, and these the then pollutants can spread out over quite a considerable distance, and that may go for several kilometres, which interestingly will include areas around Stansted Airport, including Eastern Park. Out of, running out of time, I can't mention, nor would I mention, the elephant in the room, which is global warming and CO2 production. As I was told, that this is beyond the scope of this committee, um, and that it, as there is no mitigation through uh, Section 106s, and clearly, to me, this is an indication that the, that the poor Uttlesford District Council should not have to make these decisions, but they should be passed to central government and where proper, proper you have consideration to, you have to give it, You have to close, Councillor. Thank, Thank, Thank you very much, Councillor Taylor. Next speaker is, and I presume this is a parish councillor, Councillor Webb. Good afternoon, Councillor. Good afternoon, uh, Madam Chairman, and good afternoon to everybody here. I am um, um, Councillor Chris Webb from Hatfield Broad Oak um, Parish, which incorporates Green Hill and Bush End Ward, and I've lived there for 44 years. What does this mean? 40 more passengers, 35 million up to 43 million, is... 22.8% increase. And where I'm coming from is how does all this movement of people get to our airport, a lot of which comes through the roads, and Hatfield Broad Oak is dead in line for it. It's via the B183, which is passes through our village, notwithstanding uh, Takeley at the Canfields, Hatfield Heath, Shearing and Harlow and on to the M11. The, um, the B183 is a secondary distributor which carries a higher volume of traffic than would be expected in a rural village. A 12-hour survey by Essex Highways at Takeley Four Ashes traffic lights in June 2017 recorded 6,171 vehicles using the B183 South. Nearly 10% of them LGV2, HGV2 categories. The vast majority of these must pass through our hamlet and village. These numbers confirm that the large amount of vehicle traffic through Hatfield Broad Oak is over capacity for the medieval street pattern of the village. This volume of traffic through the village on roads narrowed by pavement and street parking is specifically 
Is it, am I too close? Right, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, this volume of traffic through the village on roads narrowed by pavement and street parking is rapidly becoming intolerable. At school times, there can be gridlock resulting in diesel fumes, short tempers, etc. Walking or cycling along the B183 in the village at peak hours is not a pleasant experience. Bush End Lane, which is towards the airport, is a protected lane by residents. But, but residents have experienced increases in the amount of vehicles using the Bush End Lane and other small lanes in this area and in Great Canfield to avoid the traffic lights at Takeley, B182, B1256 and B183. Sorry. Building works which no doubt will mean more HGVs. Can these be encouraged to use motorways rather than these small roads? We talk about the 106 monies should help if it's used to upgrade the infrastructure, roads, etc., and maybe encouraging the traffic, all traffic to use motorways will help our village and hamlets. I know I'm very specific about this, and it means a lot to all round the, uh, the airport, but I'm talking specifically from Hatfield Broadway. So, more passengers, more traffic, more noise, more pollution, and what of the carbon footprint? Well, I've heard a lot about that, and we're supposed to be neutral by 2050. Well, that's to be seen. But, in uh, closing, please let's protect our villages and our environment. Thanks for listening to me. Thank you very much, Councillor. Thank you. Our next speaker is Dr. Margaret Beer. Good afternoon, Dr. Beer. Good afternoon. Margaret Beer, High Easter resident. In the Residents for You manifesto and policy statement prior to the May 2019 election, you state, we believe it is possible to have a local government that is open, forward-thinking and works for the residents. You also state, there are a lot of things to do and many difficult decisions will need to be made, but we will always seek to put residents first. With respect to Stansted, you state, we commit to a fairer deal with Stansted Airport to balance employment with their responsibility to deal with dirty air, noise, road and rail congestion and village fly parking. Today, you have heard many compelling reasons why you should not approve this planning application, at the very least unamended. You've been given reassurances that the threat of punitive consequences, consequences should you hold or delay are groundless. The statutory procedure is for MAG to appeal to the Secretary of State. A worst-case scenario is a relatively small procedural costs. I am sure Uttlesford residents are more than prepared to run that risk. 
The decimation of the Conservative group last May was not a result of the electorate fancying a change, but to have a council that represents their views. The approval of the, standard, of the Stansted planning application flew in the face of compelling evidence not to, and bizarrely, against the wishes of the vast majority of residents as represented by 47 town and parish councils, all councils that declared of you. You were elected not to rubber stamp this erroneous decision, but to rectify it, particularly since the evidence, used, since the evidence against approval is even more compelling now than it was then. You are making these decisions because of the promises you made to Uttlesford residents. If, as individuals, you are not prepared for the fight, you should never have stood in the first place. What price democracy? Following the approval in 2018, Councillor Lodge stated that the proposal is poor and does not serve the future of the district well, and as a result, our local environment, communities and transport will all be worse off. What has changed since? The officer's recommendations is an uncritical rehash of the MAG planning statement with no attempt to challenge the many unsubstantiated and misleading claims. Why are the planners so wedded to passing this application? What was discussed at the 35 meetings they held with MAC? Have you asked? Can you shed some light? Nats and Stansted have ridden roughshod over local residents for years, implementing policies and plans that have adversely affected the health and well-being of real people, with no attempt to mitigate the consequences of their actions. They have been nothing short of contemptuous, refusing to meaningfully engage. Stansted itself has put plans for the new arrivals terminal on hold. Reasons given are not only delays in the expansion approval, but also economic and political uncertainty and fresh demands from airlines. This is not to mention the recent dip in passenger numbers. If Stansted can stop and pause in light of new developments, surely UDC can do the same. Uttlesford residents have put their trust in you. Do not betray that trust. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Beer. Our next speaker is Julie Budden. Julie Budden? Oh, that was one of the ones. Right. I've not received any documentation from this lady, so uh, unfortunately I can't assist the, com the committee with what she may or may not have said. We haven't had a written statement for me to read. We were, we were to just to clarify what we're talking about, we were asked, um, there was some couple of, I believe there was a couple of people who requested that they couldn't make it, so make today, so we, we would... We would, take the, we would take their statements and have them read out for them, but unfortunately, if we haven't had them, we can't do that. So I will move on to 
The next speaker, David Ulridge. Good afternoon, Mr Ulridge. Good afternoon, Chairman and members of the Planning Committee. My name is David Aldridge. I'm a member of SSE, but I'm here speaking personally as an Uttlesford resident of 45 years in Dunmo. In considering your decision, committee members, a decision crucial for Uttlesford residents, please don't feel intimidated by any risk of MAG lodging an appeal or suing the council if you don't grant approval or don't decide next week. Section 68 of the Town and Country Planning brackets, Environmental Impact Assessment close brackets, Regulations 2017 requires this type of planning application to be determined within 16 weeks. However, MAG submitted this application on 22nd of February 2018. The statutory 16 weeks expired 17 months ago on 14th of June 2018 since when MAG have been entitled to appeal to the Secretary of State for non-determination. Ask yourselves, why has MAG not done so already? What's the real risk of MAG doing so now if you don't determine it next week? I understand that SSE has been arguing for two and a half years that this application should be determined by the Secretary of State as a matter of national interest. It seems MAG would actually be doing SSE a favour by lodging an appeal on the grounds of non-determination. Such an appeal would not, as has been suggested, I gather, lead to UDC or members being sued. The Secretary of State would simply set up a public inquiry, chaired by a planning inspector, to examine the application, hear evidence and recommend one way or another. It would be exactly the same process as if UDC had refused planning permission and MAG appealed. This is what happened in 2006, following UDC's refusal of the last major Stansted airport planning application, when BAA wanted the planning cap raised to 35 million passengers per annum. BAA appealed against UDC's refusal in November 2006. The Secretary of State set up a public inquiry, which ran from May to October 2007, the inspector produced his report in January 2008, and the Secretary of State finally granted permission in October 2008. Even that wasn't the end. SSE brought judicial review proceedings in the High Court, and then took the case to the Appeal Court, who finally ruled on 18th June 2009, more than two and a half years after BAA had lodged its appeal. So, if MAG wants to go down the same route and appeal to the Secretary of State, They'll have to be extremely patient. It's a very long route, and the outcome is unpredictable. There is a myth, I gather, that MAG could sue UDC for millions if there is further delay in a, the decision or approval is refused. What's the reality? There is no basis whatsoever in law for MAG to sue UDC or members. You are all doing your job. The procedure could be, as I've just would be sorry, as I've just described, the public inquiry. In the 2006 BAA case, planning permission was eventually granted by the Secretary of State and costs were awarded against UDC. And what was the amount of money that UDC had to pay BAA in costs? We know the answer. It's on the SSE website. And it's a response provided by Uttlesford planning officers to a freedom of information request. 
The total paid to BAA by UDC to settle the costs award was £100,000, of which 11000 was recovered from Harts County Council. That's all. So the net amount was just £89,000, not millions. That's the factual position. So can we put an end to all the scaremongering? Please refuse the application, but don't be afraid to delay your decision if you need more evidence about the potential environmental impacts. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, Mr Aldridge. Um, that concludes today's speakers. Can I just remind all speakers, could you please give your statements to Mr Ferguson? Thank you very much. Can I say everybody's been incredibly eloquent and thank you. It's been very interesting to hear. Thank you.